this horrible year never end? We've never lost a year before, and I'll be damned if we're gonna lose one on my shift. January 1st. Better get going on those taxis, Nettie. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby, New Year, same podcast. This is your host, Mikey, hoping for a year that doesn't entirely suck shit, and joining me as always is... <laughs> also hoping for a, for a new year that does not turn into Soylent Green, your co-host, <laughs> Ryan. And joining us once again is our special guest... Uh, hey, it's the new year, but I don't feel any different. It's, uh, it's, uh, Tony, hi. <laughs> hey, welcome back, first uh, time back since our, uh... Promare episode last year. Oh shit, you're right. I forgot we did that one together. <laughs> and also the first time all three of us recorded in the same room together since the the first My Hero Academia movie. It really has been Was that it? long. Yeah. Oh, wait. At the we... end near uh, near the end of Summer of Heroes. Yeah, or did we we might have actually oh, no, uh, done the Megalobox. Megalobox, one. yeah. That's what I was thinking it was. Megalobox was the last one yeah. we did together at the same room. That is true. But yeah, welcome to 2022. We're making some changes here. Yeah, finally back to where we once were. Yep, New Year has kicked in, folks. Oh yeah, and I feel that with the first podcast of the new year, we should uh, take some time to look back and reflect on what uh, 2021 has brought us. Like pretty much anything, really. You know, so anything you guys want to talk about, reflect on. Widespread vaccines. Oh yeah, thank God for that. Oh. That's that's the number one. That's the biggest thing. Pump me full of it. Give I am. Just, I'm like Barney in The Simpsons. Just put it in my veins. In my <laughs> eyes, in my butt. I don't care, wherever. I'll take as many boosters as I need to get through this shit. <laughs> Got my booster, at That's least. That's obviously oh, yeah. the number one. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, like, any guy, you guys got any top anime of the year? Like, I kind of know the answer, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Molkar is probably the number one thing, but I think it's the only 2021 anime I watched. <laughs> I, I already know that between the three of us, I'm the one who's watched the most. Yeah, you anything. have actually. <laughs> Molkar rules, though. Molkar's cute. Yeah, Molkar is a very adorable series. It's yeah. it's very it's very quaint little stop motion in that show. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, don't don't feel bad. That's a good one to have watched for the entire. Oh year. yeah, that's rules. a good one. I'm I'm excited for the uh, androids. I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> the little Molkar androids. Yeah, 
there's one that you can put other Nendroids on and they can ride them. Yeah. Oh, that'll, that'll <laughs> yeah. be a nice little addition to your collection. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Mako on one of them. Oh yeah, fight, like Fight Club Mako on. Yeah. Them. Yeah. That'll mm. be great. Awesome. That's really sweet. And uh, for for me, I think uh, my anime for this year. I feel like if I did watch Megalobox two. It probably would have been my favorite of this year, but Same. I, I, yeah. I didn't get around to it. I need to get to that. Because I I, I myself was thinking that Toonami would have acquired it like, yeah. soon yeah. enough. Not yet. But no, we got us we gotta go through a two month slog of nothing but Blade Runner Black Lotus and Yashihime. Uh, oh, yeah. Yashihime. It's, it's a Toonami, like I love you, but you kinda dropped the ball at the end of this year. Yeah, a bit of a Probably, I would say, the worst it's been since coming back. Just, just really, you just really went all in on <laughs> Black Lotus, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, gotta love the cross company promotions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should, I should remind myself not to take Toonami to a casino because they're just gonna put it all on green. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, as far as I can. As far as I can recall back, I think uh, my anime of this year will be probably uh, JoJo Stone Ocean. Yes. It only came out recently, yeah. and it's already out of the sort of like anime community discussion. Because of Netflix and their binge culture. Yeah, and their binge model, but like I, ha- I was legitimately waiting all year for Stone Ocean, Yeah, and I was so happy we finally got it. And it's like... It's everything I ever could have hoped for, not only just for the actual show itself, but, like, the fact that we got a dub now, which is good, and the fact that, finally, Kira Buckland as Jolene, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Holy, I know, I'm holy shit. Anime, like, MVP of the year, Kira Buckland. Yes. <laughs> finally getting to play Jolene Cujo. Finally living out her dream as as Jolene. Because there, there was, there was, there was, there always existed that chance that she wouldn't get the role, yep. but it could have gone to somebody else. And I had to, I had to make peace with that, where I would say, like, as much as I want Kira as Jolene, no matter who gets the role, I will support them no matter what. I'll be and happy Kira got them. it. And then she got it. <laughs> Didn't have to worry about that. Woo! No. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then of course, the Japanese voice actress, Ai Farouz, she's, yeah, she's she also, also always wanted to play Jolene. And like, she, I know. It's the reason why she got into Jolene is the dream maker. Yeah. In fact, she lived in Egypt for a while too. She so did, that, yeah. also that connection to JoJo. Ooh, even better. Yeah. And she's also playing uh Monatsu and uh Cure Summer in uh, Tropical Rouge Precure the same year. So uh-huh. mm, another nice. connection. Good good year for both those ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and as for me, like I, I've seen a lot, but I'll try to quickly go through some of the big ones I've seen, like uh some of the big, but lesser ones, like kind of the second seasons I got into, uh, Yuru Camp, Laidback Camp, Q-Dash, oh, yeah. I loved it so much, got it, finally got it second season. I forgot that got a second season. <laughs> it's Yuru, just... Yuru Alt-J. It's just the comfiest, comfiest show ever. It is comfy. Favorite of me and uh, our friend JP, Uma Musume season two. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> You're horse girl anime. Horse girl anime. Yeah. <laughs> Best girl, Tokai Teo, taking the spotlight in this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe because it, it was because uh, Special Week was in real life, like, injured and then retired from horse racing. Yeah, so we got to focus on another another girl. Yeah, because all the all the horse girls in that show are actually based on real life horses. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the best things about that show, because, like, can you imagine the breeder who, who, like, owns the real life horse finding out that their, you know, purebred racing champion horse got turned into, like, an anime girl? <laughs> Yeah, I had hoped that they know. <laughs> they have to. Really How do you not? <laughs> It'd be hilarious. 
is. The name is out there being propagated. How do you yeah. not realize that? And uh, some other like uh, second seasons I got into uh, Zombieland Saga Revenge, another uh, great season. Like we talked about Zombieland Saga on this podcast before, and uh, second season just as good as the first, and has the most. I won't spoil it, but it has the most what the fuck ending ever. <laughs> <laughs> there could there they are planning for more, but it's like I w- I want to know what's gonna happen because it's it ends off on a really wild and weird place. Ooh. Did stars come in? Jill Valentine coming in. Oh, no, if just, only. Yeah. You want stars? You want stars. <laughs> and of course, there's a Miss Kobayashi season two, which we talked about. Yep. That, that was a pretty quick turnaround for us, actually. You did. To, that as was far a... as when it, when it actually like got out and but when we actually reviewed it. Yeah, it like... how the dub ended the week before we recorded it yeah that was pretty quick but i was happy for that i like reviewing things like as they come out oh yeah definitely impressive i know you probably wouldn't be into this but i know i'm into this uh, the second half of re-zero season two just it's still so good i still love the series <laughs> yeah yep. i'll give yep. it i'll give this to you like you can yep. you can be excited about it <laughs> i can tell i mean you got the you got the amelia titty mouse pad right yep. there going on yep amelia best girl along with rem I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't play favorites. They're both the greatest. Yep. No wars here. No wars this here. This is a neutral zone. Neut- this is a neutral site. I'm a fence sitter. And also, uh, second season two of a show we also covered uh, last year. Uh, Doctor Stone season two. Mm-hmm. Stone Wars. Yes. Stone Wars. Excellent. On the short side, but still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And another. Stay tuned for us. Like we'll get definitely get to that sometime. Oh yes, because already sure like will. they're they're teasing out the next season. Oh yeah, bringing in. A really great boy, and soon. <laughs> a character that I look at and I think, yeah, I think I am going to like this guy. He's going to eat so much fun. <laughs> you will love him. Yeah, we could... I guess top anime I, I should watch this year would be Megalobox, JoJo, and uh, Tokyo Revengers, and Dr. Stone. Let's go with that as my top things that I need to watch sometime. <laughs> That's good. Good That's list. Good. You'll get to it. Someday. Yeah. Though I would say, like, if I had to pick, like, a top favorites of the season... Of this the is going to be tough for you. It's tough, but I think I've narrowed it down to, like, definitely, like, a few really good ones here. Uh, one of the big ones that kind of uh, snuck up on me near the end of the year, but I ended up loving to death, is uh, Kageki Shoujo, which is just a fabulous show. I love it so much. Yeah, you're because you, cause you, even after you watched it, like, you were getting into the manga. I so. got into the manga as it's uh, being slowly released over here. Hmm. But that's a really good show. Uh, of course, earlier in the year, the final season of the Fruits Basket reboot. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah that was a thing. <laughs> just, it's so good to see that series finally get the ending it it deserves, and just finally giving us the proper way to follow the series outside of reading the manga. Like big final definitive wrap up, like big in the manga. Final definitive, just the most beautiful thing ever. Ooh, nice. And I gotta talk about more love life, love life superstar. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, like one of the best seasons like of Love Live. Like it's really, really good. Oh, uh, now you're getting me excited. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I am so behind on that. I, I feel like I pieced out like in the middle of sunshine and just never I don't know. Uh, you gotta it was just a it was just a thing of oh I I forgot this was happening and I'm like, <laughs> oh I'm and it's like I looked and I'm like five girl units behind <laughs> or whatever <laughs> whatever they're on now. Mostly two. Yeah, two. two. But still, it's it's a lot of behindness. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Uh, the season in between Sunshine and Superstar, Niji Gisaki, that got a dub this year. 
and a yeah. really good dub. It's really super good. <laughs> I a special shout out to the actress who plays my girl Kasumine, Kaylee Mills. She just knocks it out of the fucking park. She embodies Kasumine so well. Nice. <laughs> and uh, two of my big favorites of the year, possibly controversial. I don't care. My show, my rules. Uh, one of which is Wonder Egg Priority. Do you, like, like, do you like recap episodes? <laughs> <laughs> two recap episodes. One of which was unplanned. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one yeah. of them was the final, Was part of the final episode. It was episode. half of the final episode. And it was, it was going good up until the end there. It was going good. And, like, ending aside, I will say that the show is still fantastic. It did a lot of good things. Like, 90% of it is still a phenomenal show. And the one thing that I really loved about it is that it's a completely original work, not based on anything, and it just, this feels like a 100% passion project, like, done by a lot of people who had this idea, and they want to tell it, and they want to tell it in the best possible way with some of the best animation I've seen this year. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was kind of worth it in its own right. It was interesting following the discourse on that one. Yeah. Like, a lot of the comments that people do have, the criticisms, like, 100% justified, they are not wrong in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. But even though, like... I still liked it for at least what it tried to be, and I, I just got to give it to that. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate we, it's unfortunate that, I mean, uh, that, uh, who stole the egg again? <laughs> Vince in, in McMahon that show? stole yeah. the egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Austin Theory wanted to get a, yeah. a selfie with the, the eggs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where they're going with this story right now in Wonder <laughs> Egg Priority, but... I don't know. Vince shouldn't be on TV. That's my thought on Wonder Egg Priority. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta use these eggs and uh, stop these girls from committing suicide and have them move on, you know. God damn. <laughs> okay, so That's just... Theory. You are you are my pet project now, but I'm I... gonna get bored with you soon enough. <laughs> I'm... I, I'm sorry, I just had to joke about Wonder Egg priority. And the, <laughs> no, but, no, but and seriously, the, and the, the, plot, the, the, the plot of that concerns uh, Billy Hatcher looking for, like, the, the Wonder Egg priority. Yeah, yeah. he's got to stop the evil that crows too. from taking over Morning World. Yup, yup, and, and then he hatches some eggs along the way. One to, of the eggs uh, is Sonic the Hedgehog, yep. Yup, yup, he hatches Sonic the Hedgehog. He, 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 he gives birth to Sonic the Hedgehog in egg form first. Yep, and then you have a big crossover with Mega Man that just goes nowhere and then ends uh. up rebooting the entire series. Right, right. And then Shadow Mess. comes along, and he gets like fifty-two different endings. <laughs> and then Sonic and Shadow they kind of hook up, you know. You know, they just make out and just start sixty-nining in front of everyone. Yeah, that that was definitely an avant-garde episode. Man, I Wonder Egg Priority like, was good. It was. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I'm about. shocked that they really animated that you know, in such detail. You know, I don't... and it was like a three-episode arc, like. <laughs> God dang. Holy that is shit. Like, that is like the ultimate horny posting. <laughs> you know, I said people's criticisms were justified, but uh, now when they start criticizing that, they're 100% wrong, and they're entitled to their own wrong opinions, but they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I still really liked Wonder Egg. I will buy the Blu-ray once that comes out. Though, uh, one that I will say is possibly my anime of the year. May kind of fall into a bit of a hot take controversial segment. Uh, Something pretty that- <laughs> Oh. Before I get to that, I gotta talk about that. I gotta talk about how much I got into Freakier this year. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, we we can't go that is, without. We that can't is your by. pandemic era project. Yeah, that was big for you this year. I mean, because Crunchyroll finally started licensing Precure with uh, Healing Good Precure back in uh, 2020, right when the pandemic started. Yeah, because I remember like there was a sudden explosion in Precure posting. Oh yeah, like I got into Healing Good. Like that's probably. Probably, like, a sentimental favorite for me because it's my first one and it also has my favorite cure, Cure Grace. Like, she's the best. Uh, yeah, I see her looking at me right my now. My big uh, wall scroll over there. 
Every day when I walk down the hall, yep. <laughs> I see that visage. He's like, good morning, Ryan. Uh. <laughs> But it really kicked into high gear with uh, Tropical Rouge Pretty Cure, which has been a fabulous season. It's so much fun. Like, that is, this is just pure unbridled fun with this series. And also just has, like, another favorite here of mine, uh, Laura, Kira Lemaire, like, this, <laughs> this amazing mermaid girl, this bitchy mermaid girl. I love her so much. <laughs> bitchy, shitty mermaid. From, from what I've seen of, like, all your posting, it has looked legitimately charming this year. Yep, yeah, it does. Yeah, and I, I have gone into the, the weekly trend of live-tweeting every single episode in threads. Yep. That's like... <laughs> that, yeah, I, a weekly I, tradition. I know, I, know, yep. I know it must be pretty her time when I see you and Ruby going off on it. You know, you it's, know? it's Sunday morning, and you know what that means. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, that one's coming to an end soon, like, about a few more episodes, and that'll be it, and then we'll really? realize... Yeah. Hmm. It'll oh, end no. in, uh, end of January, and then the new series starts in first weekend of February. What's the theme going into the next series? Uh, this, the series will be called Delicious Party Pretty Cure, and it seems like the theme will possibly be, uh, cooking, and maybe also, uh, like, you know, fancy parties, you know, something like that. Mm, okay but, so it's gonna be catering themed yeah but uh food will definitely looks to definitely be like a big theme of this season will Co- chowder make a special guest appearance yeah cure chowder that's one of them <laughs> yeah. cure mung doll it's gonna be a food wars crossover yeah <laughs> no if they're gonna cross over with anything it would be cure cure pre-cure a la mode which is all about baking and making sweets ah mm. okay okay and that's Must another be thing a that sequel I, then and that's another thing that i got into is like i'm now now going back to watching the past seasons, which uh, last year I did Star Twinkle Pretty Cure, which I would say is probably my my favorite season as a total package. Like it's phenomenal. Then I watched Cure Cure Pretty Cure All Mode, which is super cute and sweet, pun intended by the way. Okay, and now, sure. And then now I'm getting into a uh, Go Princess Pretty Cure, which so far I think this could give Star Twinkle a run for its money for as probably my favorite overall season because this one is really really good. Ooh. And it is uh, anim- and is uh, directed by the uh, episode director who did episode twenty nine of Tropical Rouge, which I say is one of the best episodes of Precure all around. Yeah, that's nice. a that's a tall order. And this is- and Go Princess has plenty of flexing, like has some of the best animated fights I've seen thus far. Nice. <laughs> Look forward to more Precure in the future. I will try to get to more. I really want to get to a lot of them. This year, this was yeah. Twenty twenty one was the year that Precure gained a uh, lifelong fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would say probably my favorite of the year would have to go to Fena uh, Pirate Princess. <laughs> okay. Like I really, really enjoyed that one. That was a ton of fun. That that one was a fun anime. And you know, like One Ray Priority, completely original and totally a big passion project. And I felt it through the series. And it's just so good. Yeah, there. I could sense that there was a lot of love that went that project. When that project, even if I would have preferred all uh, some of that love to go towards the end. Oh yeah, like ending. It's it's still a good ending. Still ends off on a nice note. But I feel it does. Definitely, it definitely leaves itself open for more, which I would not be opposed to. I would love more. Like there's so much more you can do with this world. I'm about fifty fifty on that opinion. Like I think like I think yes, it could technically go on, but. It also does feel also definitive enough to where yeah. I think they could leave it at that. It could it could go either way, and I would be fine with both of them. Yeah. But we talked about some of the best. How about some of the worst you've probably seen this year? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> uh, I, there there is, I do actually have one worst of this year, actually. <laughs> and there was a lot of crap this year, and usually I don't get around to some of it, but uh, 
One in particular, man, like, I, I couldn't avoid it. Uh, the Promised Neverland Season 2. Yep. Oh, boy. That was dog shit. Good fucking God. What was that? Wow. That felt like Krusty watching the uh, the Russian itchy and scratchy. What the hell was that? What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Like, man, how do you fuck up such an easy season to do? This, this was a slam dunk. This could have been an easy slam dunk, but no, they just ran up, tripped over themselves, and fall flat face first into the floor. They, 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 the, the production was almost eager to, like, get, like, that series done and finished and never look back at it It again. felt like they just wanted to be done with it so much. Like, for some reason, they just didn't like it anymore, and they were like, fuck it, get this over with, rip the band-aid off. When there was seriously good golden content from the manga to adapt. Like, the next part, the reason why I said you ain't seen nothing yet for all those times is because the next arc they were getting to is one of the best in the series. And you look like a fool after I it look, This <laughs> show up. made me look like an absolute jackass for all the times I tried go. hyping it up. Mm. Yeah, because I remember you were going nuts about it, and now you're all let down. Yeah, like our last Tsunami panel in front, of a, in front of people at Anime Detour, I was hyping up Promising Everyone Season 1 to be on Tsunami, and then I was all like, yeah, and now Season 2. It's gonna be great. It's an anime adaptation that's almost ashamed of its source material, and you you would and if you and, and I read the manga concurrently with watching that last season. I don't know what the hell they had to be ashamed about. Right, like what was the point of that? Good, good question. Good content in the manga. Like you had a perfect season all mapped out for you. Yep. Like I totally saw. I could totally see like specific how they would have ended the season and it would have been great and it would have led into another season and potentially a movie. The series was handed to them on a silver platter. All they had to do was animate it. And they didn't even do that. Like the animation itself even took a hit. Oh yeah, like it's it's a, it's it the, visually it suffers a lot more than the first season. And like when we talked about the first season, like we raved about how good the direction was and like how well they adapted the manga to TV. But here it's like some of the lamest, blandest shot composition you ever see. It's ve- it's it's very lazy and uncreative. Right, like you can totally you can also see where they took shortcuts with the animation too. It's very it's very clear here and there. And also how like the way it started off, it started off as like business as usual. Then it gets to a, a certain point, and then it just goes completely off the rails. I feel like you can kind of tell that something happened in production at that moment. And then they had to change course there for some reason. I know. It's it's so baffling to me. It's one of those shows where, like, I would like to cover it on our podcast, but I want to wait until we know the full story. Like, I want the tea to be spilled. Yeah, there, there's got to be a yeah. full story behind, like, how that season got fucked up. I want the full story, and I also want an apology. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how the director apologized for the endless Aiden Hardy season media. I oh, want you, the director... You want that. I want this. the heads of this of the Promised Neverland table to come up in in a public area and just say we're sorry. Yeah, mm, you're being serious. I'm being serious. Like I said, they made me look like an absolute fool. <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> so that that was my worst of this year. That is one of my worst, though. It is close. It is closely tied with another one that has been currently airing on Toonami, another Toonami original. I think I know where you're going with this. Yep. Blade Runner Black Lotus. Man. Ugh. And that's a sh- another show that I was kind of looking forward to. We hyped it at our last Toonami panel. I should have seen this coming. I should have seen this one being bad. Yeah, you just... Yeah, because you were mentioning, oh, Shinichiro Watanabe. Yeah, well, he's just a producer and that. Yeah, I was too remember, focused on Watanabe. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that the two directors have worked on some stuff together that weren't great, such as the uh, Netflix Ultraman series, and uh, fucking the year before, exactly one year before Blade Runner came out, uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex 2045, which people say is one of the worst Ghost in the Shell products out there. <laughs> Oof. Which includes Scar Ghost in the in the shell. Yeah, I, I was already kind of smelling that something wasn't right with that show as it was like ramping up to the debut. <laughs> and it's so boring. Like it's the kind of boring that makes you frustrated that you're bored. It's just like do something. Like every week, it's just meandering around, telling us the same things we know over and over. And trying to do a mystery when it's not a mystery because we already know, but since the characters don't know, they count that as a mystery when it's like, you took out all the emotional tension, so what's the point of all of this? I get the strong feeling that it was like, almost like a movie concept that got stretched into a TV series. I would I not put past them, yeah. And the characters are just so lame. And also, the acting. The acting is really terrible. Ugh. Like, this feels like on-camera actors who don't really know how to translate that to voice acting. It's 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 not great. We we might end up doing an episode on it someday. That's a really close possible stay tuned. <laughs> I mean, you could do like a rip off the band-aid episode of Anime Baby where you do uh, Black Lotus and Promise Neverland season two. <laughs> oh, that's that's too big. That's that's just too like big. look, we gotta cover this. Let's just let's just blow through it. <laughs> Oh my god. Two two bullet two bullets in the revolver. <laughs> yeah, there's no winning on this one. Uh but those those they're they will get their days in court soon enough. Jackass Mikey. <laughs> Double jackass boy. <laughs> Actually one last thing I would uh, maybe put out there since cartoons are also my uh forte as well. I dig around got? to watching a few this year and just real quickly I suppose. Um just to throw it out there. I'd probably say uh, my cartoons of this year, the uh, top ones were probably Invincible and Kid Cosmic on my end. Yes. Invincible was pretty awesome. Both amazing. Uh, it had a lot to adapt, and it adapted it very well. I would say possibly even better, based on what I know from uh, the original comic by Kirkman. Uh, very impressed with that series. Can't wait to see more. And I'm completely biased towards Kid Cosmic, because... <laughs> it's Craig McCracken. It's Craig McCracken. I love that. Oh, I yeah. love that guy. <laughs> Isn't that that Netflix show he did? Yes, oh, yes, nice. Kid Cosmic. Uh, only one more season left. It's going to be on the way. Uh, he did definitively say it's going to end like perfectly in season three. Very cool. Uh, just as he wanted, so I'm happy for him there. And I don't know, uh, worst of this year? Well, I didn't watch too much. I didn't intentionally watch too much bad stuff. Let's just call it Black of Lotus again. But uh, no, I think I might. I think I might just throw in uh, the Patrick Star show for that one. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, man, I forgot that was last year. If, I... if only because uh, Hillenberg would have never wanted it. Can I put in the CGI rug bat, Rugrats thing on Paramount Plus as mine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like you the, actually checked that out? No, no, no. Like, the, the five seconds of that I saw this year, I'm like... <clears throat> okay, that counts. That yeah. counts. I understand. Backing out. It's also really weird because it's like, you brought back all the main voice cast for the, for the babies and everyone, but, like, for the adults, they just sound so off and weird. I didn't even hear the adults. All I just, the adults. I heard the babies, and I'm like, okay, it sounds like what I'd expect. But that animation, I'm like, ah. Like, the adults, they all just sound like 
the voices do not match the characters. And... Some of them are celebrities. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the worst who who got it the worst is uh, Chaz Chucky's dad, who sounds like a weird sex pervert. That's oh, uh, wow. oh that's um that's that's Buster Bluff. Like Ooh, he, rest yeah. development. Oh shit! Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, he's got that kind of voice. He's just like, hey, Stu, you need some help? I, I gotta go help you. That, that's that's not Chucky's dad. That's not Chucky's no, dad. No, it's not. It's not Chaz. I heard actually. I heard Grandpa's was the worst because he he didn't actually sound very much like an old man. No, he did, he does not sound old at all. And he had a very unique sounding like kind of like gurgly old man voice. Fifteen miles. Fifteen miles. <laughs> like an old prospector. Yeah. <laughs> you you gotta bring you gotta bring that A game if you're playing Grandpa. Yeah, oh, but God, no, yeah. he was he, he was like pretty. So not the actor's fault. Some poor direction there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Patrick, the, but yeah, the Patrick Star show. I watched just like the the first episode of that, and it's 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 like it's like an alternate universe SpongeBob. If it was, oh, God. if Hillenburg instead tried to invent uh, Patrick Star first, <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's like a separate continuity where like characters are in different roles and have different costumes, and it's. And the, the humor of the show just doubles down on the weirdness of Spongebob. Like, imagine Spongebob as it's ever been in its weirdest, most surreal, and double that, and you get the Patrick Starr show. Ooh, a lot dire. of the humor, A lot of the humor is just very, like, nonsensical, and, like, just a lot of non-sequiturs throughout it. it, it I've, I've kind of compared it almost to, like, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse in a little bit <laughs> way, but uh, not fun or enjoyable. Oh, no. <laughs> or, or only, like... Bare minimum, like, enjoyable. It's like, I know kids will like that show, but it, it doesn't have the heart of, like, normal Spongebob, which I would yeah. watch any day over to that. Um, and, of course, Salenberg never wanted spinoffs of nope. Spongebob. He just wanted Spongebob. Yep. So, yeah, knowing that and knowing how eager uh, the fact that Viacom they... wanted to get that series, get those spinoffs made as soon as he died. Because they announced those months after he passed. Yes, months yeah, after he died. That was, uh, that like, was he a wasn't oof. even cold in the ground yet. Yeah, that was fucking disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how much time passes, that disrespect is always going to be there in any Spongebob spinoff. Yeah, it's like they obviously had those series in the chamber for when he... For when he... Either kicked the bucket or gave up the rights to them. The, wa- mm-hmm. the water's poisoned. Like, yep. the, the water's poisoned. Mm-hmm. Can't save it. That's just some more positive stuff I could probably bring up is uh, the podcast itself because I would say like we already talked about this in our anniversary episode, but now this is this was a pretty solid year, and I would say good uh, stuff. Yes, Thank I would you. say looking back on it, uh, a couple of my favorite episodes that we did are uh, I really enjoyed our Dorhidoro episode, just mm. trying to explain that insanity. I had a real blast with that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one because we both sounded nuts to anyone who hasn't seen the show who listens to that. But Dorohidoro is nuts. It's it's it is insanity, right? And there was there's charm. so much I had to explain yeah, yeah. in that review <laughs> to try and make sense of this fucked up world of sorcerers and normal people and, how and de- devils. How devils like run their own TV stations because they're bored, or how there's flame flush toilets that go straight to hell. How could I not elaborate on that? Yeah, because why not? <laughs> and uh, another episode that I'm really proud of, and one that somehow became our most popular episode in terms of downloads within the uh, last year. Our uh, Toradora episode. Yeah, yeah, that one, I was, I was very happy with that I'm one. I'm really happy with that one. I'm glad we got that one. That was a fun one to do. It, like, even considering my mixed feelings on the show, I really love doing that one. Mm, yes, I, I like that my feelings actually uh, were defied 
by the end of it compared to like what I thought I was going to think of it. Yeah, <laughs> that was that mm-hmm. was also a surprising one to me. Yeah, my my expectations were actually somewhat flipped. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. And also some of the bits we get into, like talking about the the amazing school fight between Taiga and Sumire, like that was probably like we went twenty minutes on that. I think yes, right. <laughs> that yeah. single fight because it's it's baffling. <laughs> it's nuts and kind of amazing, even though it takes place in the second half, which I think is not great. In a, in a very, like, you're a high schooler who, who's not involved in this shit, but really wants to see who the wants, shit go down. Like, you missed that school that day, and you need to know what happened. Yes. Because <laughs> no one had cell phones back then to take video. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, one of my favorite bits, doing doing the whole AEW Dynamite thing for the wrestling bit, where I am uh-huh. doing my pretty weak impressions of Excalibur, Skiavone, and JR. Yeah, that is true. That was fantastic. Yeah, but I also kind of, I liked... You know, not to toot my own horn here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, the, no some of the subtle references to, like, uh, real-life stuff and some of the connections to the show. Like, how uh, for Tygo, when I was doing, like, her entrance, I had her come out to the uh, the Mr. Brody Lee theme. Because in the was... show, she has, like, her own army. And I thought, like, oh, they're, like, the Dark Order. Basically, so I kind of made them the Dark sure. Order. Right. And how I referenced uh, Ryuji being uh, the sassy assassin, which is actually uh, his uh, voice actor in the dub, Eric uh, Kimmerer. He is actually a an actual pro wrestler, an indie wrestler. Ooh, oh, and that's his gimmick, the the Thathi Thathen. That, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah, I so no I made a reference. That, that that Holy thing. shit! Yeah, it's nice. Goddamn. And uh, for Ami, I had her come out to the uh, the Seth Rollins theme because Seth Rollins is uh, her actress Erica Harlicker's favorite wrestler. Oh, so I, I made her the Seth cool. Rollins with the the burn it down and everything. You see, that's that's good effort to put in there. Yeah, that's 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 uh-huh. really knowing your stuff. And I made sure to end it with the the Tony Schiavone. Oh, we're out of time, people. Good night. Yep, gotta go uh-huh. <laughs> because they're always out of time. Yeah, never enough time on Nitro. Never yes. enough time. Um, I'd like to specifically call out your episodes on Beck and uh, Kids on the Slope. I yes. I really yes. like both of those. Oh my god, Big, yes. I, I truly love both of those shows, and it was fun hearing your guys' take on that. God, those were no, a couple of other good oh, ones. Oh, thank you. I, I loved Beck. Oh, I love Beck, and that also counts as one of my biggest regrets. I wish we had you on for that one. I wish I thought of bringing you on for that one. That's fine. I mean... Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember watching. Uh, I think Greg had like a preview clip of that at Anime Detour in twenty two thousand seven, maybe. And I watched a preview, and I watched that, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I remember like getting the DVDs as they came out. But you would have been just perfect for that episode. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. that was a yeah. Yeah, that would have been fun. But, <laughs> Music yeah. is one of your fortes. Yeah. Um, and this is like, un- and like the whole genre is like underground rock too, which is un- one of your favorites. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's a really good one if y'all haven't heard that yet. I'd recommend checking both of those out. I mean, I haven't listened to your, to your uh, I have not listened to your Carolyn Tuesday one yet because that's also on my list of things that, hey, I got to watch that and I'm saving it for when I actually do watch it. Mm, a fun one's <laughs> another good one too. I mean, I did not know that the fucking bullshit thing came from that show until this yep. year. I'm like, wait a minute, you, you you said that, and I'm like, what? Yeah, the botch- the botchamania, fucking bullshit. Yeah, the ending thing. Yeah, that's where it comes from. I also realized that the first time I saw it, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's perfect. It fits with Iron Sheik well. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> But also, yeah, I'm also really proud of the whole summer music thing, too, where, like, all the spicy for that summer is just nothing but music. Like, no, like, just regular dialogue. It's all music, too. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Good stuff. Good and job. I, thank you. 
is and and then next year too we've even got another big uh summer summer uh series planned as well oh yeah big one won't say I'll, it now I'll but tr- i'm gonna try and it's one i'm in particular very excited about yes i'll pry it out of you here in the after we're after we're done i'll, I'll, I'll give you all a hint now it coincides with a special anniversary i will say that Ooh. but no that'll that'll be good that'll be good mm, i'm looking forward to it what even that hmm. now you got my gears turning <laughs> Uh, speaking of looking forward to stuff, uh, anything we're looking forward to in this new year of 2022? Oh, shit. <laughs> Tiger and Bunny. Yes, yes. Tiger and Bunny. Finally. Oh, finally. Finally. Season two on the way. <laughs> yeah, that should be a really good one. Had to wait Had to wait this long between <laughs> yeah, the year I... of the rabbit so we could get to the year of the tiger. Yeah, I... Fuck off. <laughs> I haven't watched that one in... I don't watch that one since it came out. I should do that. It was one of my favorite. It was the the first season. The first series is legitimately one of my favorite anime throughout college. It, yeah, it was it was really good. And I, of course, it's and of course it's like one of those that's like it, because Viz is Viz and Viz likes delaying things. <laughs> they they dropped the ball way too hard on that, and it never really had the chance that it should have had over here. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Osamatsu-san. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like maybe Tiger Bunny is a victim of kind of possibly it maybe have came out a little too early. Like if it had come out maybe a couple years later, it totally would have been on Toonami 100%. I'm sure it would have been. Yeah. Because that was in the early days of like them, of Toonami still trying to build things back. And like the only new shows they can get are like oldies like Samurai 7. and the Yeah, Anarchy just 7. old things that they happen to have the uh, the uh, thing to. But now I, to. I was really waiting for it to possibly get onto Toonami, but now that doesn't even seem like a possibility. It won't yep, be anymore and... because Season 2 is to Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah. Anything that's on Netflix uh, won't be, can't be on Toonami. Like, that's why, like, Jason DeMarco says, like, that's why we won't see JoJo on Toonami anymore because it's on Netflix. Now. That's a fucking shame. That's, yeah. that's unfortunate. I, did they did Netflix ever say how they're showing that one or no? Uh, they I did remember, say it's coming out in April. I remember hearing some some rumblings about experimenting with actually doing simulcast for once. I hope it's simulcast because it's like literally every other streaming service is doing like is doing the weekly releases now, right? Except our except our uh, quote unquote friends at Netflix. No, they they, they, they got to still... do the. They gotta do the fire hose model. Yeah, the binge model. Mm. I'm looking forward to finally starting JoJo Stone Ocean sometime. Oh yeah, that's good. No one. better time. Yep. And this year we'll definitely get get into the real beef of the season too. Yes. And I think oh. I know. I'm just looking here at the at the winter anime coming in. Of course, I know that your delicious party precure is your yep delicious one. party precure. Oh yeah, Lupin Part Six is happening. Oh uh, yeah, that that's going on right now. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I'm yep. waiting for a dub on that one. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, I'm looking for. I'm, I would look forward to that as well. Yeah, and that'll and that'll definitely be on Toonami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's little to no chance it won't be, despite Sentai somehow getting the rights to that. Right, right. Yeah, that's a weird one. Oh, are, 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 is anyone excited for the final season part two of Attack on Titan? <laughs> Question mark. I'm just ready for it to be done now. I think I'm kind of over Attack on Titan ever since the end of season three. I I was kind of over it, like with that long gap between one and two. Yeah, <laughs> that one like really that, killed the momentum. That killed, killed, that the, killed momentum the momentum so hard. hard for me. Yeah, like I stuck with it. It was what, like four years or four something? four years. My God, I can't imagine that happening now. 
No, because like after it came back, they were kind of on a pretty consistent schedule, like a season a year. Yeah, and like I barely heard any discussion of that show. Yeah, I think most people are starting to get over it too because there's just so much more stuff out there now that are kind of taking people's attention away. Yeah. Right, like it's it's time has kind of already passed. Yeah, and plus the la- the latter half of the series, the latter arcs and whatnot, just kind of get a little weird too. That people are just wondering, like, wait, is the is the is Isiyama trying to tell us something here? <laughs> Possible, right? <laughs> but um, oh no! Hey, it, it was just announced really recently too. We're getting Urusei Yatsura. Yeah, that Woo! is a weird thing that uh, was totally that? unexpected. Yeah, that like came right out of nowhere. From out of nowhere, like an RKO. Yeah, and freaking David Production doing it, like, what? Mm-hmm. I can't wait for my Twitter feed to just be filled with nothing but that show. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> For nuts. the next year. As if my last year, my previous year, wasn't full of that already. Yeah. Because <laughs> I follow a lot of people on Twitter who are, like, big into that, like, old school anime. Yeah, yep. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a wild ride for that. I'm, I can't say I've ever watched any of that show. But you know what? I will watch it. I will watch it, too. I will I'll watch it when it comes out. out. Yeah. Uh, another thing, one thing I'm actually really looking forward to, you know, like, like you know, I'm in the Magical Girl stuff. Uh, one thing I really want to get into, uh, the new uh, Tokyo Mew Mew. Like, I remember oh, watching yeah. episodes here and there of Mew Mew Power back in the, the four kids TV days, and I remember kind of liking it. But with this new series, I feel like, you know what? Fresh start. I want to see how it looks. Look. I want to I really get into the series now. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's one anime thing I'm looking forward to, is finally, finally, after uh, a decade plus of waiting, we're finally getting a home video release of Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Ooh. That's going to be amazing from awesome. uh, Nozomi. They're doing, they're doing a, uh, I think it's like, I think it's just the first series, but they're doing it, and they're including a 200-page book of annotations and, like, liner notes because that series is super dense holy shit <laughs> like some people thought it was untranslatable because of the amount of like just on-screen text on there it's it's nuts oh wow yeah that's a that's one of the that's a studio shaft shinbo joint Ooh, awesome. it's really it's really good yeah, I don't know if this will count for you, Mikey, but uh, that uh, box set from Discotech of uh, the Adventures yes! of Sonic yep. Hedgehog. Yes! Yep. Big Daddy Discotech. Of You'd rather Sonic. have Sadam, but you'll take this. Really wish that was available for purchase around for Christmas, but yeah. I know you'll probably get to it eventually. I'll get to it. It's coming out in February. I'll, I'll get to it. I really want that just on the extras alone, because they, looks... they 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 went in the mines for that. They went deep in the content mines. They went harder than I probably expected them to with this one but then again it's discotech like everything they, they do is they a labor find, of love they find everything and anything including like including film prints that people thought never existed yeah they do good work they on really like, do well, good work or like uh files on like 62 different flash drives for a yeah that series. was a that was a crazy story my god i wonder if i wonder if they would allow us to advertise for them yeah hey discotech ring me up Come on, Mike Tula, They're if you're great. listening, and I know you are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, I will, I will get that. I want to support that, because maybe that'll lead into Sonic Set AM, and then that maybe will lead into Sonic X, the Japanese version on Blu-ray, yep. so yeah. Yep, take what you can get, I but guess. I can get. Oh, and uh, another little um, anime that'll be coming up in the next year. It's uh, kind of small, you probably haven't really heard of it, but uh, Uzumaki! Yeah! We're getting that oh. 
Is that this year? That is this year. This this oh, October. Man. This October. That's dropping on Toonami. I'm excited for that one. That one looks incredible. Now that one, I have high hopes for, and I'm pretty sure those hopes won't be dashed. Oh, please be good. I hope Please not. be good. I please mean, be good. Because, like, oh my god, they delayed that like a full year or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of uh, COVID. That uh-huh. And I believe the director of Flowers of Evil is doing that one. Mm, so it should nice. so it should look really cool. Like the trailers already look pretty good. Yeah, and it does. It is carrying that really creepy vibe too, especially with the the OST, the music. Yep, Colin Stetson is doing Stetson. the music for it. Yep, that 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 should be really good. Like I often go back to that tra- that teaser trailer just to hear the music, so I can just go, "Ooh, it's so it's so creepy." Yeah. Oh, don't worry. If you want to have that vibe, listen to any of Colin Stetson's soundtracks. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like he's he he has a very skin t- skin tingling quality to yeah. a lot of his music. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So like yeah, I can't wait for that. And you know, when it comes to the Toonami originals, they're kind of batting five hundred now. But hopefully, this will get him over five hundred. You know, two for three. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uzumaki could be so good it can make up for a lot of the crappy things they've done. Yeah. And it's only six episodes, so we won't have to worry about any, like, you know, you know, production restrictions or whatnot, like trying to adapt too much with too little or whatever. That's fine with me. You know what other show is six episodes? Fooly Cooly. That's and right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fingers crossed on Uzumaki. It'll be perfect for the Halloween season. I am, yeah, I am so excited for that. I'm really one. hoping we can, like, review that one pretty quickly, too. Yes. I really want to. I really want to do that one. I mean, I'm gonna be getting. I'm gonna be getting the manga, the original manga too. Yep. I'm gonna be reading it right before it comes out. <laughs> I'm gonna be so fucking ready for that. Uh huh. And I guess of course one thing that I think we're all looking forward to this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Uh, conventions coming back. <laughs> Going back to them. <laughs> well, I mean, technically they're back. They're but back, but we haven't it, had the opportunity. No, yet. but yep. fingers crossed that. Things don't re-shut down, which is entirely possible. At the time of this recording, two and a half months away to detour. Yeah, in theory. In theory, hopefully. Let's not fuck it up, folks. Don't get get vax, get get boosted, people. People, do please, please. There is a mandate for this convention. Be safe. Doing what they can, at least. Mm -hmm. Following the guidelines. And we can all have fun. Yeah, and it'll just be great coming back after three goddamn years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I hope so. So look forward to that. I will try to go to another convention this year. I really want to try to go to Otakon this yes. year. Yes! Yes! I want to make that happen. I will go through and jump through as many hoops as possible to make that happen. That's in May, correct? That's in That's in July? Like, late July. July, usually, I think. I will try to go, go as well. <laughs> like, I know we talked about possibly doing ASIN again, but I will forego that just to make sure I have plenty of money saved up to do Otakon. Yeah. I'd I'd rather go to Oak. I personally. think I think I can I think I might be able to get time off for it. Oh yeah. I think I can too. God, uh, like we we covered a lot already there. Yeah. This is this is almost a full episode already. <laughs> of just twenty twenty two. This, is, this has been a big intro. This is only the preamble. Oh man. <laughs> we haven't talked about I, what we were gonna talk about. I, I mean we're talking about a movie today, so I guess it's a preamble. I hope I hope Elden Ring's good. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope it will also be good. I also hope Sonic Frontiers will be good coming uh-huh. out later this year. Mm-hmm. And I hope they don't fuck up the Resident Evil Four remake. Oh, and also shout out to twenty twenty one. You gave me Psychonauts two. <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't all that bad. <laughs> you gave me like oh my god, my game of the year. So mad respect right there. I saw you Very play that. And it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I did my part and passed it on to my cousin as well. Yeah, as a suggestion. So I'm proud. Yeah. Of myself and you, Double Fine. 
Here's to another 20 glorious years. You should have won that Game of the Year award. Really should have. It really deserved some awards. Yeah. But it's the games industry. What yeah, do you expect? What are you going to do? Now we turn our attention to the subject of today's episode, as <laughs> we're hearing up once again as we return to the world of My Hero Academia. Hey! Oh, boy. This time with its second and best film, Heroes Rising. Oh, boy. Talk about a movie, that's for sure. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it was released in Japan on December 20th, 2019, and then released here in North America on February 26th, 2020. Yep. Oh, I remember that time. I remember those days. Uh, We were all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Yeah. Looking forward to going to a movie. You know, you can all probably guess from that date that it's... Hearing uh, rumblings of this thing called COVID. This coronavirus... I'm sure it won't make it. Yeah, here. maybe, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a few deaths here. I'm maybe sure we'll things fuck will... over the entire world. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking for an anime detour happening. Yeah, you know? getting ready for detour. I watched this movie so I can talk about it for a My Hero panel. Yep, and yeah. and it was great. I mean, detour was a lot of fun that year. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this film is significant because uh, all of us. This was the last thing we saw in theaters. Probably even did before. COVID really it was hit. definitely the last thing I did before, yeah. before COVID yeah. shut down everything. I remember specifically waking up that morning, going to, to a noon showing with my friend, who I was going to do that micro panel with. We had a great time. And then a couple weeks later, world turned to shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same scenario with me. I went, out, I went out with a friend. She and I had a good time. And, uh, yep, then, then uh, everything's just history. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went I went alone, obviously. And then I just watched it. I'm like, oh, that was cool. And then I was listening to a podcast on the way back and one of the guys from Italy on the on the show I listened to was talking about coronavirus and how that was happen and how things were happening in Italy and I'm like, Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> Still there. Still there. Oh god. Uh the funny thing about that whole thing is, is like, you know, in the early days of lockdown, people were saying like, oh, since movie theaters are closed, everyone has, has to live with the fact that either the Sonic movie or Cats was the last film they saw in theaters. And I'm just like, ha suck it, fuckers. My last movie was My Hero Academia. Because <laughs> I don't watch shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, as we all know, Sonic was the top grossing movie of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> It, no, it, no it joke, is. it was. Look it, it is. up. Because it was the last wide release before everything went down. You were yeah. so salty during that, I was that, so Mikey. salty. Uh. It's just an average video game movie. It's not the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Detective Pikachu is better. I mean... And you had to live with that. <laughs> I had to live with that. And oh, then I thought, Lord. oh, well, things will get better next year. Promise Neverland Season 2 is coming out. Oh, wait. But hey, you know what you get this year? You get Sonic 2 with Idris Elba. With Idris Elba. He's fucking sexy as all hell. Is he, My though? My God. <laughs> I mean, Are you kidding me? I mean, Idris Elba in general, but as Knuckles, really? Uh, Yeah, I'm not kidding. At the very least, when we returned to theaters, we at least saw uh, another good one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep, at least that was a good return. Use that as an excuse to Alamo Draft House and eat overpriced food. Get super upcharged <laughs> for a burger and a milkshake. So at least Sounds it at least like came back around. We had a we we had, we were able to have a good time again. But yeah, <laughs> still haven't been to a movie theater yet. 
was going to do Matrix, but no point in really going to a shitty local theater to see it when I can mm. just watch it at home and 4K, Dolby Vision, all that Right, if it's stuff. already there. It's already on it's, HBO Max. It's already, I'd probably get a better presentation at home. Plus, I can pee when I want. <laughs> yeah, you can pause the movie. Uh, but yeah, that's the big significant thing about this film. Just kind of uh, the last thing before the world ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely holds, a, definitely holds a memory in my heart for that. It will reason. be special in that regard. It is really special in that way. Though, uh, before we get into the film, like since that's really only the real... Uh, little bit of the background for that one. Uh, yeah. There's one thing I really wanted to bring up as a bit of fun trivia. Something that I've kind of, uh, I found out recently, like within the last year, and I wanted to wait for a good opportunity to talk about this. And it's something that I felt like, uh, maybe we should talk about this before when we started My Hero, because it's actually a really fascinating piece of trivia All about right. uh, one person who uh, worked on the staff. So uh, this person is actually the character designer and chief animation director. Uh, have either of you ever heard of a man named Yoshihiko Umakoshi? I don't know if I have. Hmm, name doesn't exactly ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell for me either. Okay, but I'm guarant- I guarantee you, you've seen his works. What? He's uh, quite the prominent figure in the anime industry. Uh, first off, he's working as a key animator on a lot of great shows, such All as, right. but uh, not limited to, uh, Baki the Grappler. Shout out to you, JP. Oh, Gurren Lagann. Oh, Wolf's Rain. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Castron and Sins. Oh, okay. And three One Piece films, Strong World, Film Z, and Baron Omatsuri and the Secret Island. Ooh. But also, the big thing that I found out, the reason why I wanted to bring this up, as he was the character designer and animation director for some major, major shows. These are mm-hmm. Ojamajo Doremi, or Magical Doremi, like okay. uh, original series. He designed all the characters for that one. He's also worked on Heart Catch Pretty Cure. Yeah. Which I haven't gotten to that season yet, but I will get to it too because it has a really cool, distinct animation style that I think I'll really dig. And last but certainly not least, little show, may have heard of it, uh, Motherfucking Berserk. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now, which one are we talking about? The, the OG na- Berserk. Oh. OG Berserk. That's a good one. There we go. Yep, so you... Yoshihiko Umakoshi, character designer, chief animation director for Ojamajo Dorimi, Arketch Pretty Cure, My Hero Academia, and Berserk 97. That is a a lineup. My word. Mm. In fact, Dorimi actually began a year after Berserk ended, so it's highly likely that he went straight from, like, you know, designing the characters and probably finished up working on the Eclipse scene and then went straight into working on a magical girl show about oh, girls who wow. turn into witches. I mean... Talk about whiplash. I, I could, <laughs> that, that's definitely a change in job direction. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, hey, like, hey, going in the office, doing that, and then, hey, uh, you know what your next gig is here? We got this uh, We got this show full of cute magical girls. You want to work on it? Oh, thank God. I'm feeling pretty depressed after that berserk ending. <laughs> yeah. <right there. laughs> I need Holy something hell. cutesy. I need, I need to do the story about the uh, unluckiest girl in the world. Got to unwind a little. Yeah. <laughs> and then do the same thing again with another magical girl show. <laughs> My word. Hey, that's a good person to have on this film. Yeah, and in fact, uh, he actually there's actually uh, an art book out there that that uh, it has been released in English where it uh, goes to the art of Hard Catch Pretty Cure, and it actually has notes from him, you know, talking about how he designed each of the characters too, and like the reason why he went with certain design choices. Oh, that's awesome! So, yeah, nice. Found out about this within the past year, and especially considering how much I've gotten into Pretty Cure, and also the fact that I watched Berserk within the past year too, you finally showed that to me. 
I wanted to look up like, oh, who's the, who's this person? And then it's like, oh my god, you're like he did all Whoa. this, and then he just happens to like What's appear this on that juicy resume. Like, what a career! Like working on two massive magical girl franchises, uh, a legendary series from an equally legendary author, and now the biggest shonen in recent memory. Mm-hmm. We're doing character designs and. You know, he's the man behind all the flexing in all these shows. <laughs> Big stuff happening there. Damn. So, yeah, I wanted to bring that up there here. You know, the last time I did a My Hero show with you guys was uh, in 2019. And I got really sick after that. Oh, geez. Hopefully I don't get sick this time. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so, don't worry, you're staying over, over at our house and we have soup here. So, <laughs> yeah. you're in good hands. You're feeling bad, like nothing a good glass of hot chocolate won't cure. Yep, or another Tom and Jerry. <laughs> there we go. So, with all that out of the way, we're talking about My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. So without further ado, let's go beyond. Plus Ultra. And start the show. And now, our feature program. Tones beer. Keep on rolling. Deftones ceremony. Deftones. I don't get how I don't get how Deftones get their own beer. Uh, where are they out of? It's Belching Beaver. Yeah, but I mean, where is Belching Beaver located? You would think it would be from like wherever Deftones came from. They're from Sacramento, so hmm, you would think so. Both you guys are doing Deftones. I'm doing Night Fever from Bauhaus Brew Labs. Mm-hmm. Phoenix style. San Dunkle. Diego, California. So. Okay. Yeah, close enough. That's close enough. Good enough to Sacramento there. It's probably a good, decent distance away from them to like go do shows in. Yeah, maybe. Based off the song Ceremony from Holmes. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Which apparently. I don't know. That peach cobbler cheesecakes uh, smoothie beer today is still the MVP of the day. That was, oh, yeah. that, was, that, was, that was insane. <laughs> like taking a whole cake and. Literally just blending it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole slice. 
That's uh, from Modest, y'all. That was a uh, that was actually done in collaboration with uh, Soul Bowl from Minneapolis, which is like yeah, uh, yeah. They uh, they're they're part of like this like little cafeteria place called Gray's, and then they also do they also have a wing shop there as well that sells buffalo wings. Ooh. And I know they've done like pop ups across Minneapolis. I know in the past they've done uh, a buffalo wing pop up at Glamdoll Donuts. Ooh, yeah. If you if you don't mind me gushing about uh, the local food and beer, the local food scene in, <laughs> in, the, in the Twin yeah. Cities, this Minneapolis area, and yeah, Modest Modest is actually right. Ne- their home brewery is right next door to Gray's, right next door to Soul Bowl, so they did it nice. as a little bit of a collab. And I guess, oh, and I guess at Soul Bowl they sell like a peach cobbler cheesecake. So once you know it, that's how they came up with it. Yeah. And yeah, it's one I definitely keep coming back for. <laughs> I need to, I need to get my own of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, two sips aren't enough. Yeah. yeah, you really, you really have to. Mm-hmm. Actually, Gray's, if you don't mind walking during like convention season, it's actually like a decent distance away. Ooh. Like it's, like, do, it's doable. Like decent as in twenty minutes, decent. E- or are you saying more like thirty? Like twenty minute walk, twenty five. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, there's, I've, then again, I am a per, I'm the kind of person who has done long form walks throughout oh, all yeah. of Minneapolis. I, have to, I mean, not throughout Minneapolis, but definitely in other places, yeah. Right, right. Like, I don't, I'm the kind of person who doesn't mind a good long walk in the city. Yeah, just going, yeah. So I, maybe to me it's not too bad, but yeah, to other people, I've it definitely might be a bit of a been known to go out just go up to like a nice 90 minute walk or something. Oh, to put it in perspective, it's just east of Target Field. Oh, okay, that's yeah, not that far. That, that isn't bad. Okay, that puts it in perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's there we go. not too horribly no. far. Because, I mean, I've, I've walked from the uh, double, or double tree, wherever it is now. Uh, the I, Yeah, yeah, I've walked there at first half, so, and that's basically within Stone's Throw Target Field, so. Yeah, that's just South Start Target Field. Yeah, not too bad. Quite doable. Yeah. Maybe this year. We'll see. Definitely. Yep. Whatever people are in the mood for. Oh, yeah. We'll say the Deftones beer is good, but I do wish I had their latest collab. They have a they have a collection of weed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds fun. Wait, you mean Deftones is in, like, sells their own weed? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Like, they've got their own strain or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's cool. Is it, only... is it actually just called Deftones or something else? It's like... I don't know what it was like. Because if it's weed, it's got to have a fun name. Yeah. The path, it, pa- it's a first. The first thing is a passenger is is the passenger box, which is like a collection of stuff. Obviously, because that's one of their songs. Obviously, passenger. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But I don't live in California, so we can't get. Ah, that explains it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Minnesota government legalized that shit. You think yeah. it's about time? They're like, trying to. Please. Uh, just oh, get it over with already. GOP Senate's blocking it. Ah, oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> we have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. <laughs> and, uh, I'm keeping this all in, by the way. <laughs> oh, fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Welcome back, everybody. Hi. Yeah, we just finished the My Hero Academia film, Heroes Rising. Yeah, we just watched that ten minutes ago. Yeah, initial gut reactions. Ah, still as good as I remember. Oh, yeah. I, I, I prefer it more on the big screen, though. Mm, yeah, yeah. I did, too. I mean, I noticed more of the flaws this time around. Mm, yeah, I sure. did, too, as well, mm-hmm. here and there. But they were, like, small flaws. A little still. bit. It's stuff you can ignore, but you do notice. It's like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it was. I mean, I also have a lot of fuzzy memories because, as we mentioned, it was the last the last film before pandemics happened. Mm, yeah, you yeah, would have to refresh your memory a bit. Yeah. Plus, when I saw it, I saw it early in the morning. So, <laughs> mm, yeah, it could have been sleepy. a nice little a nice little jolt of caffeine, you know. Mm-hmm. I did have a kickstart when I went to go see it. Nice. It re- it really does jumpstart your heart. Yeah. When you see it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does have some of that quality, which is good. We kick off here with uh, the Leaky Weaky. Finally, on. it's yeah. like it's about time they like have a, an appearance in these films. Yeah, and their only real prominent uh, appearance in the film series. Yep, the only one. Because like, I mean, I get it. Like main villains, you know, they're the main villains of the main series. You kind of got to save them. Uh, I guess. And movies are for like uh, one-off baddies, really. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. But it's just. Come on, you, you can't find some way to incorporate them. Yeah, it's a bit like, uh, going back to Pretty Cure a bit, it's a bit like the Star Twinkle Pretty Cure movie where it starts off with them fighting one of the baddies from the main series, and then that's it, they're done for the rest, and then we focus on like a new group of baddies for like the climax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Leaky Weak is having a sick car chase with uh, Rock Lock and a bunch of other heroes here too. Uh-huh. On the side of a cliff, no less, so even better, it's a bit more precarious. Yep, good old intense chase we open this film with. And then they get cut off by Endeavor and some heroes, and we get a clash between Endeavor and Dobby. And watching this now, knowing later stuff, it's like, heh, foreshadowing. I mean, like, they're, they're, I, I noticed that a lot more this time around, some of the uh, foreshadowing in this film for later in the series. Yeah, because, yeah, like, I... the manga didn't even get to that yet when, it was, when this film first aired in Japan, so... Horikoshi probably let them in on some stuff, and then they planned around it. I Yeah, he, he very clearly let the staff in on some stuff. Sure. For the record, I haven't seen, like, much past the third season at this point, I think. But whatever, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Okay. It stands on its own, though. There are some stuff that kind of Because, I mean, it's stuff. like JP said. It's like you miss one week of My Hero or some other long-running show, and then, it, like, one week becomes two weeks, becomes three, and then you're... 50 episodes behind. That's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, get a chance to get caught up. I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, this scene is also actually kind of important here because this is actually uh, Hawks' first appearance in the anime because uh, the episodes where he appeared in season four didn't air yet. Yes, he had not technically yeah. debuted. Yeah, and this was the first we get to hear of uh, Zeno Robinson as him in the dub. Yeah, because this was between three and four, right? Or was it this aired, si- concurrently with three? This aired midway through season four. Yeah, okay, right. Very cool, very chill voice. He's perfect. Oh, yeah. So we see here that the League is uh, transporting a little something-something here, something that is connected to all for one. But they were able to, uh, the heroes were able to stop the villains until they realized, oh, wait, they were all just twice clones. But in the, the special package got away. And then it leads us into uh, where we are for the setting of the movie. As we join up with Class 1A at Nabu Island, working a summer semester safety program. And we see here that this is totally just the focus. One of the main goals of the film is to just uh, get all of 1A together in a single film. Because in the mm-hmm. last film, we only had like eight of them. And then the rest were just like cameos. Yep, one yeah. of the big goals for this film is like... Uh, to actually just have them all together. Give like, a film to everyone good. in Class 1A. Oh, everyone. Yeah. Like, Give everyone their own spotlight. And that's one, and that's one good thing that this does better than the last one, in my opinion. Because like, I remember the last one, there was like, like you mentioned, only eight of them. It was like, where's, where's all the others? Where's the rest of the gang? This film, more than the first one, <laughs> I think, is much more conscious about giving everyone in Class One A a chance to shine. Yeah, because yeah. with the uh, first film, they kind of had to, uh, they realized that okay, we can't have everyone here, so we kind of had to pick and choose who we want to have. So like. 
we got to have Deku because he's the leader. we got to have Bakugo in there, which means we got to have Kirishima, which means we got to have Kaminari Mineta. Gotta have freaking, gotta have freaking, what's her face? We gotta oh get the God. girls in, so we got Grey, yeah. Sue. Yep, Sue, Uraraka, Yep, Uraraka. That's what I was thinking of. And uh, Jiro. And, like, that was our team for the first movie, but now here it's everyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing a bunch of uh, friendly neighborhood hero stuff right here. Just... And what is essentially, like, <laughs> I mean, the, the other premise is that, like, take the entire class and chuck them on Okinawa. Yes. Except it's yeah. not actually I Okinawa. Mean... Yeah, it's not. I mean, no joke, I would watch an entire movie of, just, of them just fucking around doing, like, mundane hero shit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the things I like about this film and its opening, is that, like, the film opens with them just doing mundane things in the world. Just being friendly neighbors and you know, helping people. Oh, no, I lost my luggage. I need a, I need a weird overpowered hero to help me find it. Oh, I need someone with a with a, some nice electricity powers to power up my tractor. I need someone who can make tools to help fix my scooter. Hey, can you? Yeah. Hey, uh, can you make? Hey, Todoroki, can you make some ice for me so I can sell some shaved? <laughs> oh, ice? that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Todoroki would be awesome as like a shaved ice uh, stand operator. He'd be very good. Oh, and on the and on the other side of his stand, he also sells takiyaki. Ah, he could. Like a, yeah, ah, stand. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he could sell like. He could sell, like, spicy shaved ice. Mm-hmm. There you go. With, like, chili spice on it? Yeah. That Ooh, wouldn't be a bad idea. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is a good idea. That'd cool but, you off and warm you up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it is essentially Okinawa, though. Like, even though, like, they, they completely just changed the name of the island. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they have, like, because you see, because there's, like, Shisa statue, uh, like, motifs in the film as well. And, like... Uh, some I noticed some of the street structure, some of the street grid structure that they uh, bound through is very similar to the street structures I saw when playing uh, Yakuza 3. Yeah. Because that game also has Okinawa as a like, major location. During the viewing, you mentioned this looks like the place where Kiryu set up his uh, orphanage. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to expect Kiryu to walk down the street and be yeah. like, Nani? Yeah, or just like have... Or the kids walk by the beach and they see him having a fight with Sajima. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's doing wrestling matches on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, but but now like a nice island locale, like isolated from the world with its own little local history and like nice locals. It's a it's a very good setting for this film. Also, it works. Yeah. Also, by the way, you say this isn't Okinawa, but the name Nabu. What is this a reference to? What? What, what do you know about Horikoshi and locations? Oh, Naboo! Naboo from Star Wars. Oh, he, loves his star, he loves his Star <laughs> Wars nerd. <laughs> yeah, he's a huge Star Wars nerd. <laughs> so, like, every location in the series is named after a planet from Star Wars. You know, it's funny, because, like, during the film, huh. I was actually trying to look up this island. <laughs> and I think there is... I think there is a... Naru Island. That's um, yeah. That's where Naruto's from. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Nagasaki area. Nagasaki. <laughs> so I mean, technically, but like, no, this is clearly Okinawa. But yeah, during the uh, friendly neighborhood heroing, uh, Deku, Uraraka, and Jiro get a call to find a lost kid, and this is where we're introduced to the island's resident wiener kids. It's yeah, the, wiener kids. We got Mahiro played here by Danny Chambers, and Katsuma played here by Maxi Whitehead. The eponymous uh, uh, new characters of the film were meant yep. to care about. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is all just a test. Uh, Mahiro is trying to see if 1A is as good as they say they are. You know, pretend that her little brother is lost. 
they go looking for him, and she she goes, "Oh, you took an hour to find him. You guys suck." <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, I look at meanwhile I look at like I go into like my local supermarket and just like look at the like missing person posters on the wall, <laughs> like, yeah, as I think like. Yeah, kid. Sure. Yeah. One hour. One that's, hour. That's so bad. Yeah. That's so that, bad. That's, yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. Found a person in one hour. Like, yeah. <laughs> you deserve the best. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Like, these kids are actually kind of great. Yeah, they're, they are cute. They're super adorable. They're, they're very cute. I like them both. I like them. And also, really nice to hear Maxi Whitehead in a dub, because uh, I remember years ago, she took a break from acting, I think, to uh, go back to school, but uh, every now and again, she does come back here and there, and she's always a delight to hear. Oh, that's nice. That's nice to hear. I hope school went well for her. Hopefully, yeah. And we do see that the Islanders all appreciate all the hard work the young heroes do, you know, giving them food and having a nice banquet for them for all the work mm-hmm. they've done. They brought in a ridiculous amount of food. <laughs> Though out of everyone who's, like, uh, done something, uh, Bakugo is the only one who doesn't do anything. <laughs> Because yeah, all he wants like, is just... Yeah, it's boring. I don't care. The shit's too beneath me. I need real villains to fight. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, ba- sorry, Bakugo. We, sorry we didn't get dropped into a war zone. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what he wanted. You know, he's too spoiled with all the all-for-one stuff and overhaul stuff and other league shit, you know? it's You gotta it's take a step back, Bakugo. Yeah, yeah. Bakugo, it's dude, not all... Dude, you need to settle down, man. It's not all action, dude. It can't be fighting, like, Sinister Six-style villains every single day of the week. Yeah, you'll wear yourself out. So later that night, Kachan of the Bakugo is as Kaminari calls him here, bit of a Yakuza title. <laughs> was that a Yakuza reference? I, I feel so. I don't even <laughs> I feel like it is. I can see the like the family name. The family name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought it'd make a really good band name. <laughs> that is also a good band name. <laughs> bit like Adam Cole and the Bebes. Yeah, really. <laughs> so Bakugo gets put on night watch since he's done jack shit thus far, and luckily for him, we got villains. Uh oh, a giant mantis monster. Or is it? <laughs> nah, it's just an illusion. An illusion made by Mahiro to once again uh, test the uh, heroes here. And this is where Korich can make, like, large illusions right here. And Bakugo is able to figure it out because it doesn't cast a shadow, so it's not real. Yep. But now she made the mistake of pissing off Bakugo and depriving, yeah. blue-balling him of a good battle. Oh, yeah. We see how great Bakugo is with kids here as he just yells at these he two little so children. mean. You fucking kids, you set me up and... <laughs> do this shit basically <laughs> he, he, he's better recently in the manga oh yeah he's gotten much better but i don't know i still i still like hard-ass bakugo you know just yelling at children oh it still has its entertainment value and we you know see that the reason we see Mahiro doing this and she feels like oh one a can't be as good as their previous heroes you know because she feels that if they see villains they'll run away because they're a bunch of chickens you know, chickens. Cheep, 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 but then Deku relates, saying all like, no, I thought the same thing too, but look at where I am now. And it's it's super sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, kicking butt's a big part of a hero job, but, like, you don't have to do that, like, that, that isn't all of a hero's work. No, yeah. as, we, as we've seen. You know, like with uh, Kota in Season 2, Deku's really great with uh, connecting with these uh, damn wiener kids here. Yeah. He, he would make a good little teacher. He would. I mean, like, telling those wiener kids. 
And, like, uh, Coat uh, Katsuma doesn't punch him in the dick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Due to the Shinsuke Nakamura thing. I wonder if yeah. he learned his lesson after that and started wearing a nut cup like yeah. his costume. <laughs> I hope so. You know, but he sees Kota again, he goes for another dick punch, and then Kota breaks his fingers. Yeah, he, he just doesn't, ta- yeah, Deku just doesn't tell anyone about that. No, he doesn't tell anyone he wears a cup. Because that would be embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone just thinks he's just really packing down there. <laughs> uh, but all of this is nice. Anyway, enough of that. We got villains! For real, this time. And look at this crew of baddies we got here like what do you think of our villains here they're they're definitely better than the last film's ones which didn't really have too much of a personality no not really yeah kind of no namers in the first one yeah so we got uh, mummy played here by brendan blabber chimera played by greg dulcy slice played here by lydia mackey and then we see their leader he is uh, someone who is like all for one as he can uh, take quirks introducing nine played here by the jyb johnny young bosch Oh, shit. Yeah, nice. And 1A all split up to uh, take down each of the baddies, but they can't handle these guys. They're way too much for them. Mm-hmm. And we see that the villains are after the damn wiener kids, specifically Katsuma, so they can steal his quirk. And we see Deku getting into the fight with Nine, but he's uh, struggling a bit here as uh, Nine gets over the fact that he has multiple quirks, so he's using them all. Like, he's using a shield, and he's using, like, laser fingers and stuff like that. And then here, we get a moment where Nine sees Deku's power, he sees one for all, and he, and he's like, I want that. But then he tries to steal it, but then something happens, and then we kind of get a bit of a spoiler for season five right here. Nice. <laughs> as, you know, this film came, came midway through season four, but uh, in continuity, it does technically take place after the first arc of season five and before a major arc of season five, mm-hmm. which we will get to. Stay tuned. So Bakugo joins in to fight... Joins in with fight to help Deku, but uh, even he's not enough to stop Nine. Like, both of these guys are getting ragdolled by this guy. Yeah, just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of fucked up, we'll, we'll talk about this more, but yeah, 1A gets really messed up in this movie. Yeah, holy shit. I mean, yeah, they knew how to make, they do. They did know how to make uh, Nine into much more of a threat for this movie compared to last movie's villain. Yeah, than uh, Wolfie. Yeah, he's yeah. Nine is just an unstoppable force in this. Most of the time, he's just walking. Yeah, he really is. He's not bothered to do anything more against the heroes. Shoot a laser, block, uh, blast of wind, like use some lightning powers. Lightning power. Yeah, just lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> like this guy is non. This, this guy is very nonchalant. He but is. it's also what makes him kind of unique, though, is that, like, he can't, he really can't be bothered with any of these kids because they are all out of his league. Yeah, very much like the, like, uh, All for One here, you know, just very calm, collected, always has the sense that he's in control of everything. So, thankfully, the rest of 1A is able to escape not from 9 with uh, Deku and Bakugo, though they're down for the count right now. And at this point, we see that uh, shit is entirely fucked as the entire island is really, really messed up. All mm-hmm. the ships have been destroyed in the port, so no one can get out. Yep, all the towers are down. The 5G towers are down, so <laughs> yeah. no one's getting cancer anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they, the, are they really the villains in this yes. movie? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if I should go for that one. <laughs> I mean, they're cutting off the they're cutting off the supplies of the vaccine too. Yeah. They're they're heroes. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, 
but no, he's in like one A, and the entire island citizens are all holed up in like this kind of this kind of like warehouse where they're where they evacuated to, and it's like it looks like the the kind of scene you'd see after like a natural disaster right here, just everyone huddled together trying to scrounge up as much food as they can, basically trying to survive. Yeah, they, argu- yeah. they arguably have they arguably have been hit by a natural disaster. And we that see is that, true. And we see one A kind of using some you know school home ec uh, lessons here to kind of feed all these people here. Right. It yeah, is. and uh, and what's her face is was making supplies and stuff, and she was making toilet paper. Oh yeah, yeah, which is making toilet paper. Yeah, which is kind of apropos <laughs> in uh, retrospect, considering the time this movie came out in the U.S. Yamamoto was prepared. She I... no, she had a feeling that maybe it'll it'll something will happen. Something to the will happen supply. in a few weeks. Yeah, but things are in, in are in serious dire straits because like they they only managed to take out one member of the gang. Yeah, they take mommy. out mummy. Right, mm-hmm. but they were not able to take out uh, Chimera. Like he was far too physically strong. Right, and they were unable to take out uh, the other one, a Slice, Slice as well. And um, based on their names, you can realize what their quirks are. Yeah, you kind of pretty can. easy there. I right. mean, I, I do wonder. Uh, I do, I didn't wonder the most about Chimera's backstory. Like, yeah, because like, okay, so he got that way because of like his lineage, right? Like, yep. how many? Like, how many different generations of, like, animal quirk fucking had to go on in the series <laughs> to get that final form? Because he's got, like, bird parts, wolf parts, he can, like... A lizard tail? I mean, oh, man. That like, man, a... his family, like, got around. <laughs> I wonder if there's any fanfic out of this. <laughs> Arguably, yes. Possibly. I would he's imagine. A big, he's a big buff wolf man. Big furry wolf man. With dreads, too. Yeah, and sm- yeah. chopping a cigar. Yeah, and my favorite design in this Oh, film. yeah. I <laughs> love it whenever he sparked up a cigar. That was so funny. Do you think maybe, like, his father is, like, like Endeavor, where it's like, okay, I want to make the perfect chimera animal-human, so I will marry this chicken woman with my wolf powers? His, his family were yeah, fuck-ups, though, because they, they made him. <laughs> they made him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that mean. <laughs> I mean, he's cool. He looks cool, yeah, but, cool. like... I don't know. Maybe they just weren't thinking about that as they were going. <laughs> you know, like that that wolf dad of his just really liked his like lizard mom. You know, the way her tail could come off, it was so dang sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And of course, Slice, like her ability is that uh, she can basically turn any part of her bo- body sharp. Like, and she mostly uses her hair to fight, like uh, using knives. Kind of remind me a lot of like Medusa from like uh, uh, Marvel. A little bit, yeah. One of those Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we got all this backstory, we also get uh, Nine's backstory here, where he is uh, just like All for One, except uh, he can only hold up to nine quirks. Like, he was actually experimented on by a certain doctor, which we will get to in Season 5. I mean, the fact that even he even has a copy of All for One yeah, he has is that in on... itself, like, kind of a big, spoil- a big spoiler. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed in this movie. It's like, oh, wow, they reveal a lot. They show a lot of stuff here a little bit early. Like, they <laughs> like actually revealing that, like... There can be more than one all for one mm-hmm. power out there. That is a big kind of that is kind of a big spoiler. Yeah, though he does have a limit. He can only hold up to nine, and if he uses it too much, then his body just starts to give out on him. Yep. So he's looking for the one thing that will make him perfect, and that is a cell activation quirk, which will heal his body as he uh, uses more of his quirks. Yep. Which is what Katsuma has. That's his power, and that's why he says that his quirk isn't really uh, worthy of heroing. And we get to see him use it to uh, heal Deku and Bakugo. So with our boys back in action, 1A prepares for the big battle against Nine and his team. As their plan is to lure the villains to like a peninsula off the coast of the island, separate them, 
and then take them all out one at a time until more help arrives since uh, Yamamo made a drone, sent it out, and they say, like, it'll be, like, several hours before it'll reach uh, the next island over. Yeah. Oh, the, the the drone angle? Like, that completely missed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said, oh, oh yeah, well, we sent a drone over, but it'll only, it'll take six hours. Yeah, the... the because, the, in theory, all the communication is shut down. Yeah, the, the parts where they cut away back to, like, the Hero Society with Hawks uh, kind of don't... It's They serve their purpose in the film, but they are kind of awkward. I feel it's just a way for the uh, the anime team to, like... <laughs> show off Hawks before his proper debut in the show. And they gotta and, get heroes over there anyway to save the people on the island and, and clean gotta, up. And he gotta find a way to get All Might there later on. Yeah, exactly. So get... it serves its purpose, but it is still a little awkward. It is a little awkward saying all like, huh, what's happening here? What's going on with this Nine guy? Uh. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of the flaws I noticed in this movie. Yeah. And uh, I do like this location, this peninsula right here, where it actually has some uh, castle ruins there, and since it's uh, far away from like the mainland... The rest of 1A can just, like, go all out without worrying about collateral damage. I mean, I feel like we are going a little fast here with, like, the overall plot of the story. But, like, I uh, I, I do think that, like, some of the uh, finer small moments in this film uh, do sort of uh, help to punctuate some of, the, uh, some of the larger themes and interactions in the main series. Like, mm-hmm. in particular, I like some of the uh, smaller scenes with uh, Midoriya and Bakugo in, like, this film. As, as you do sort of, like, get acquainted with uh, their rivalry and whatnot. Sure. Uh, especially, as that, especially as we go into the endgame of the film as well. Right. Like, it's very good to punctuate that, and I think uh, some of their interactions in this film are, like, very good. Oh, yeah, they really set it up well, and it also, like, it's continuing off, like, the fact that Bakugo knows about uh, One for All from uh, Season 3. So right, because like continuing they, that on, yeah, and like, and their characters were also like coming around in like full swing by this point in the main series as well. So, yeah, th- those smaller moments like were just something I wanted to highlight for this film. Oh yeah, like in the mainline series, like some of that stuff is actually like one of my favorites. Like I really, really loved how they built that up and how the film used that for to like really uh, amp up the story right here. So yeah, we get to the big final battle right here, and it's it's a really it's a cool setting, and the whole fight itself is just really fun. This is this this entire climax of the film, or like fi- of, yeah. the, the final act and climax are really well executed. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean this this set this locale right here, like the 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 battleground they chose, this peninsula with like ruins it and stuff. God, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. It does setting up a siege as they're gonna like fight back against nine because they find out that like. Yeah, he can't use his quirks for too long or else his cells begin to reject. Yeah, so they, like, of course, try and make him use everything so that way they can try and weaken him up a bit. Yeah, because then he'll go into sort of, like, shock and his body will have to, like, rest. And then that's the moment when they can attack him and take him out. It's definitely, like, a a really cooler setting compared to, like, uh, the first movie, which, like, it's still really cool, but, like, it's more, like, kind of, like, infiltration rather than fighting. Yeah, it all took, in general, in place around, like, a a generic kind of, like, like building. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, Like cityscape building. Fighting their way through the building, you know, climbing through air ducts, running upstairs and everything, having some fights here and there, but here it's, like, one big open space, one big playground for them to just go all out against these three villains. Right. But it also forces the heroes of the story to have to strategize yes. as well. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that like this film has over the, the first one. They actually have to use the locale mm-hmm. of like this final uh, this like final battleground to their advantage. And that is so much more interesting for a climax. Yeah, and we actually get to see some team-ups that we don't actually really get to see in the mainline series right here. 
Like how the opening is uh, Yamamo and Aoyama hitting the first strike on uh, Nine, mm -hmm. where Yamamo makes like a cannon and then Aoyama fires his uh, uh, belly button laser. And their efforts mm -hmm. managed to break off uh, Chimera and Slice away from Nine as yep, well. Yeah, that's the separation that's angle. Mm -hmm. And then we see Uraka and Sero trying to wear out Nine, doing everything they can with Sero, just like using his tape to like kind of... Spider-Man fling boulders right at him while Uraraka floats them, and then they combine and then that. They just flip them down, yeah. Just like rise of them right in the air, and then Sarah can use the extra moment momentum to slam them into nine. Mm -hmm. And like even then, that still doesn't stop him. Like he's still going all he's out. He's still walking at a brisk pace. Yeah, he's <laughs> not phased one bit here. Or like uh, Tokoyami and my girl Mina fighting against Slice in a cave, and like Tokoyami brings a kind of like Wolverine claws to go up against Slice. <laughs> and uh, I think. Other than, like, the main fight with Nine, this is the one I really liked. Uh, Ida, Todoroki, Sue, and Kirishima going up against Chimera. Yeah, because he proved to be, like, one of the tougher ones in the gang to fight. Oh, yeah, he's the big hoss of this team right now. So they gotta, yeah. put, they gotta put the... They gotta break out the big guns against him. Like, they send the most people up against him. And the location here is cool, like, next to this, like, waterfall near Pond right here. And they use that to their full advantage, too. Like, they try to drag him underwater and then freeze him in there, but then he breaks out. So they gotta, like, engage him in close combat. Right. And then we have the bit where, like, each of them, like, try going after certain body parts. And then he tries to go for an attack, but then Chimera realizes, wait a minute, I can't move. And then we see Sue off to the side use her camouflage and reveal that she put uh, a little bit of her poisons, uh, like, saliva onto the guys and they... Like, a paralyzed Chimera. Yeah, best girl, Sue. <laughs> uh, even Mineta gets to help out a little bit here. My boy, Your Mineta. Boy. What does he do? <laughs> he get, he throws balls at them and tries to, at rocks, and, like, tries to get them to stick to them. Yeah, man, get a little of my balls right here, right in your fucking face, dude. Could he arguably him. just, like, chuck them at his main body to, like, make them all stick to, to like, yeah. make them, like, stick to everything? Yeah, like... I feel like you should do that more often. Just throw it at, throw his balls at a villain, and then they're just all like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And they're just struggling to like take him off. Now you think by this point, Mineta would get really good at like just throwing those balls of his at yeah. people's feet to stick them to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> just like be like a sniper with that. Yeah, have my ball right there, right there, right there, you fucker. Like that's that's oh, that in my opinion should be like the final the final form of Mineta. Like yeah. he he becomes like a really good thrower with all of his balls. Though, with the fight with Nine, uh, he's kind of like uh, Dredrick Tatum in uh, that episode where Homer's boxing, where he he's not getting tired no matter how much you try to wear him out. <laughs> Until, here I come to save the day, all the high-end talent of Deku and Bakugo. <laughs> and this, oh, boy. And this is where the real fight begins, the real main event right here. These two going up against this all-for-one-esque villain right here. Mm-hmm. And other than getting all of 1A together, the other, other main goal of this film is to give us a Deku Bakugo team up against a real big baddie. Mm, yeah. And, and the other goal is to get is to get the Baku Deku shippers to shit themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure John Cena would have loved that, because he follows a lot of Deku <laughs> yes. Bakugo Twitter accounts. Oh, uh, yeah. I oh forgot about God. that part. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, when he's not following voice actors, he's following... He's following shippers. <laughs> I hope that becomes like a cameo in the Peacemaker TV series. You know, Peacemaker's just on his phone. He's just looking at Bakugo Deku slash fix. He's going, oh, yeah. yeah, this is nice. Oh, I like that. It's really nice. I like that. Oh, yeah. Kiss him on the cheek. What? A real American can't enjoy the, enjoy the love between you two young boys? <laughs> Keep it the peace here. Keep it the peace is watching these two boys fuck. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is... <laughs> 
Oh, but no, the team up here is really great, and it's like, it kind of reminds me how uh, back in the day with the Dragon Ball Z films, like, when Vegeta finally was able to be in the movies, they were just all like, okay, we need him and Goku to team up against some guy. Like, here, have Goku and Vegeta fight Frieza's brother Cooler. And, like, even though that movie kind of sucked, like, it was still the novelty there, and it was mm-hmm. really great to see. And that is, like, the, and that is what they managed to zero in for this film. Yeah, it's kind of the novelty of them teaming up, really. And also, I bring up Vegeta, and it's like, the more I watch My Hero Academia, the more I realize that, yeah, Bakugo is, like, seriously Vegeta, but not just any Vegeta, he's Team Four Star Abridged Vegeta. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> like, imagine some of the lines he says in DBZ Abridged, and imagine Bakugo saying them. It would totally fit. You nerd! I am the hype! <laughs> I can see that. Oh, you think you're cute? Bitch, I'm adorable. Oh, right, God, like like yeah. he like he's awesome and he knows oh, it. He's gotta let everyone accurate. know about it. Oh man. You know, the thing is, I know you're playing me, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the haughtiness. Yeah. Know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see it. And all these fights are really cool right here, and I especially love the finish to the uh, Chimera fight where they're trying to wear him down and then Todoroki gets in close, shoves his fist right into Chimera's mouth right before he's about to attack, and then freezes him from the inside out. Ooh. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was so badass. I'm just like, That was ah. very... That was very, like, Resident Evil ending fight style. Really had to, like, force himself into, like, Frostbite for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, we see that all of them are just down for the count right here, even after winning. They're just, like, they're just all so spent. Yes, yes. It's proving to be a very tough fight. It also means that, like, with all of them out of the way, they can't interfere with <laughs> Deku and Bakugo in their fight. Yeah, they can't. They can't They can't break up their loves here. Their but it does effectively here. sell the threat, though, and that's good for a big film like this. Yeah, or like the fight with Slice when uh, she uh, injures Mina and then Tokiyami and Dark Shadow just go into rage mode and... We don't see the conclu- We don't see the actual fight, but we do see the conclusion where the entire cave is just caved in on itself. Right, right. Like, like mm-hmm. they fought themselves to a standstill. <laughs> it's very effective, and also all of the all of the animation as well. Like final act, qu- like level quality. Oh my Pretty god, the stuff. The yeah. flexing is just off the charts right here. And these were just the side battles too. Oh yeah, like every fight here gets like perfection right here. We didn't get yeah. we didn't get like any animation this good in the first film. No, no not this good. No. It was mostly all saved for the final. Yeah, for the final like uh, Deku All Might fight. Yeah, the final like three minutes or whatever of that movie. Like I don't remember how long it was, but whatever. And if I remember correctly, while this film was in production, uh, people were commenting how uh, season three's animation wasn't uh, nearly as good as uh, the first two seasons. Probably off working over there. <laughs> yeah, because they were they were doing this. They were too busy flexing for the movie. The good yeah, flex for the putting TV all series. the putting all the eggs in that basket. <laughs> you know, they had to like uh, they had to concede that okay, we can't make uh, Mirio fighting overhaul look this good, but we're gonna we'll get you back for the movie right here. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll pay you back. Just here's a here's the IOU. <laughs> yeah, and like I mentioned before, everyone just gets a chance to shine. Everyone gets a move in, and it's like. They're all significant moves. Like no, no emotion is wasted right here. Yeah, there's yeah. There, there's a good chance like all of your favorites in this film like got a moment. Like if you have a boy or a girl in one A, like you'll be satisfied to see how they contribute yeah, to the fight. Yeah, and that that's one good thing I like about that. It's how it just gives everyone a little moment to shine. Some more than others, but a moment nonetheless. Though kind of funny, like considering what happens later on in the manga. I know you haven't, you don't know what we're talking yeah, about here, Tony. But like this stuff here. Ain't got nothing on what happens later. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as like what season six needs to deliver, they need to deliver a lot. Yeah. 
but they, they really can't skimp on it. If they do, if they do, like they did in season five, <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little bit, I will be very disappointed. Yeah, again, <laughs> disappointed again. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about five, according to some people. Yeah, JP, <laughs> we'll get to it, but yeah. Yeah. When we get to it. When we get to it. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned, as you would say. Yep. <laughs> but no, even better in the scenes, like uh, Katsuma, he gets a really cool, brave moment where uh, Nine takes out Deku and Bakugo temporarily, and then he finds Katsuma and Mahiro, takes Mahiro, and he's about to kill her, and he's like, give yourself up, or I'm going to fucking kill your sister. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. this this moment is very well earned, because like even after Deku and Bakugo get like blasted back, the final vanguard that was protecting the kids is still trying, <laughs> and they even put in a good effort, even though they're the last... Like, guard. The last hope, and, like... Right. They all get just swatted away and, like, shot at. Like, poor Shoji. Like, he... Shoji! Like, just blocking both of them with all poor of his Dupa arms. And, like, he fights to, like, the very end. He gets, like, shot in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and Nine's, like, also, like, starting to experience, like, his shock as well. Like he's, Oh, yeah. He's reached his limit, so, like, he's just throwing caution to the wind. He's just going all out at this point now. Like, he doesn't care. He wants to get this kid. And then Katsuma, just seeing his sister about to be killed, like, even though he can't really do anything physically, he still runs in to go help her, because that's what a hero does. Damn it, yeah. We've seen this before with Deku and with Kota, and now we're seeing it with Katsuma, and all of it is earned. Sure, yeah. (laughs) But even better, Deku and Bakugo aren't done yet. They get back up, and they save the kids, and square up to nine for one more final showdown. Yeah, they do. And this was really great where, like, the way they were able to dodge that uh, big lightning attack from Nine is that uh, Kaminari was somewhere in the battlefield and he was used as a lightning rod to absorb the, the yeah. lightning. Yeah, poor Kaminari. <laughs> <laughs> Good use there, bud. Like we said, everyone gets to, do, gets to contribute and everything mm-hmm. they do has an effect on the battle. Even there this idiot. <laughs> uh, but Nine won't let it end like this and he goes into just overdrive at this point he just he doesn't care if his body's going into shock he wants to fucking get these these kids and Will, yeah these, these little guys. Willing, wiener, wiener kids willing to destroy himself just to get rid of these enemies and all of this is just so goddamn cool like this is where the animation really starts to ramp great. up <laughs> although i think i would be remiss to in, uh, i think i'd be remiss if i didn't um talk about how unfortunately for uh the second film now in My Hero Academia, <laughs> we still don't exactly have a villain that's like on par with any we see in the main series. Not really. I mean, yeah. like what, if we're talking about like Nine as a villain, yes, he's a very effective threat. I mean, oh my god, like a <laughs> like a, a weaker version of All for One that yeah. is still just all powerful. Mini All for One, like that is like that is an actual like legitimate cool threat and sure. effectively. But in terms of character, like there's still continuing the string where like. They have these film projects, but they don't really care to um, uh, make like, them count. Make the villains count, yeah. or like really explore any like new dimensions. Like they're just like they're modes just side to, stories. They're they're right. modes to get to grand battles. It's really like when you look at the villains, all of them have like one connection to the league in some way, where they're basically like kind of side grunts that the league are kind of taking a look at, thinking like maybe these guys can help. But then when they get defeated by Deku and company they're like ah these guys aren't good enough to be part of the main crew here but it also kind of doesn't give them any more anything more beyond just being like grunts in the service of the league yeah like that's a, mm. yeah that's another thing where it's just all like your one big defining trait is that you're technically 
kind of part of the league, really. I, I'm just saying I would like to see, like, I would pre- prefer to see a villain that uh, serves some sort of, um, serves to give some sort of uh, villainous antithesis to, like, the philosophy of the characters in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that that would probably mean making a film where the villain is maybe gets uh, closer personally to the main characters. Like the main characters have to like engage them more uh, intellectually with like their like uh, approach to the world. You know, I mean, with nine, it's really just like one line near the end that they have where he's just like, "I'm going to create a world of like the strong, like hero and villain will no longer matter, and like only the strong will rule over the weak." And it's like that's nothing. <laughs> It's like we've like we've heard this shit before. Like this isn't anything new. It would be cool if my if they do ever do more my hero films. If they do like uh, do something kind of similar to how they do some of the uh, villains in the One Piece movies, where they're technically characters mentioned offhandedly in the manga, and then they expand more on them in the movies. You know, like with uh, Shiki and uh, Zephyr. Or uh, yeah, speaking of Zephyr, how about this? How about you make a sympathetic villain? Yes. Hey, my hero. Did you think of that? <laughs> give, us a, give us a Zephyr type villain. Isn't that kind of something you get into later in the series? That yeah. like the villains kind of have a reason for being where they are? How about you make a sympathetic villain? Huh? Yeah. You think of that? A little bit of that. <laughs> That's why I like Zephyr in like film Z. He's like the best villain in all of One Piece films. He is one of the greatest villains. Because you really feel like he's a guy who just got like put through the ringer of like this like bad world, and also just like how flawed the Marines as a system are. He's this former admiral who really wanted to do good and not follow the corruption that the world government and the navy are doing. So he wants to just destroy all of that and stuff, yeah. you know, destroy like, the Great Pirate Era. Yeah, exactly. But like that, but like he's all, but like he, like his old Marines like still have like a lot of love and respect for him. Like that's a that's a good central <laughs> conflict there. <laughs> And like his final bat, and like his final fight with Luffy in that film is one of my fa- is like my favorite fight in all of the One Piece films. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if not one of my favorite fights in any shonen like shonen inspired film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my hero, you, you, you still got a lot to learn. You know, there's still there's still more you can do. You know, yep. you know Horikoshi, maybe takes maybe have a little conversation with your uh, senpai Oda here. Yeah, <laughs> but at the very least. Uh, with this film, we do get a big fuck all tornado. Oh God! For the tornadoes for the, are fun, like for that. the heroes to fight against. Oh yeah, because I think that's like Nine's main quirk is that he can control weather right here. He's like Storm from X Men. Right, right. Mm. It's it's heavily implied to be his original quirk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tornadoes are fun. Yeah, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> not when they're coming at you. Yeah, fun. no, yeah, no, <laughs> or carrying a car. Yeah, or carrying a car. <laughs> they're they're good. They're good for dramatic tension. Yeah, they are. Yes. <laughs> And here, this is where Deku goes uh, 100% with uh, one for all right here. Kind of the first time since uh, he got it under control. And then Bakugo goes all out, just like unleashing all the explosions right here. <laughs> yep. And it's still not enough to stop <laughs> this <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> Our boys are on the ropes until Deku comes up with a crazy, crazy, almost Borderline fanficy idea right here. <laughs> oh boy, is oh. this ever fanficy? Are oh, you kidding yeah. me? Oh this climax. Well, like, well, it kind of, well, it almost kind of was because, like, this was like a, this was a scrapped ending supposedly yes. for the My Hero manga. Yeah, Horikoshi, like, for the first two films, like, he basically had both climaxes be like possible endings that he scrapped in favor of whatever the current ending is going to be. I can see why he scrapped this ending. <laughs> 
I mean, it's great, but it's also a little, like, really? Yeah. All except because it's a movie and it's technically non-canon, but it's <laughs> it is pretty dumb. dumb. So, so what does Deku decide upon? Then? So Deku realizes that uh, he alone with uh, One for All isn't enough, so he decides, what if we had two people with Ooh. One for All? You know, he's got a little blood on his hand. He remembers back to when All Might passed it on to him, and it's just like, you just need some DNA. That's it. Deku looks over at Bakugo. He's all like, I got an idea. Give me your hand. Reaches out with his bloody hand. Bakugo reaches out a hand with a cut on it. Clasps hands. And, and then the shippers go insane. And then thousands Woo! of fanficers online then like rewrote that scene as them kissing. Yes, <laughs> I feel like I remember. I feel like I remember a, a woo at my screening. My screening also had a woo, but yeah, Bakugo gets one for all right here. They're both one for all buddies, and they're about to fuck up nine. It's like it's gonna burn out eventually in Deku, but like for the time being, like we're going at them double barrels here. He gives them a taste of one for all, or. Uh, as my friend who put it when we saw the movie, gives Bakugo a dose of vitamin D. Vitamin D? God Vi- damn vitamin it. Vitamin Oh, I thought you were going with vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Like, I'm, sh- town. I'm, sh- I'm sure some fanficers like, oh, add, add God, some vitamin yes. D to that scene. Yeah. You know, Deku's all like, like Kachan, I got an idea. <laughs> oh no uh, but e- even then this is pretty fucking cool this is a I mean, fucking yeah, sweet it works this. but yeah also they just go super sane really yeah that's basically it. that <laughs> their that hair flares up yeah oh, they, they literally go super saiyan and like literally De- Deku with his like greenish bluish hair he's more super saiyan god super saiyan or super mm-hmm. saiyan blue ah it's like the energy when I saw this in the theaters, it was just all like, fuck yeah. yeah. The director, the, the director at this point in the film, uh, he was, he's been keeping $20 million like at bay. Like it's like a, <laughs> like it's like, it's an, like it's an army that he's keeping in hold. Like hold, hold. Like, like, like nine still not down. Hold. One, like flicking ones like it's a strip club, you know, <laughs> except in this case it's hundreds. Deku and Bakugo go the climax. <laughs> Charge! <laughs> and then twenty million dollars are like unleashed upon the climax yeah. of animating this film. Kenji Nagasaki was keeping a nest egg here, and he was telling Umakoshi like, "Just wait, I have an idea." <laughs> yeah, he's keeping the hundred million dollar egg. Because God, does this finale go hard? Just, yeah, it's also glorious in just the flex, the unbelievable flex right here. It goes harder than the first film. Even goes harder than the third film after this. Oh yeah, like. Mm. Uh, no spoiler now this is the best my hero film like the third film can't even compare to this one. Oh yeah it really it, it, like yeah like it can't like this is the best of them all like I also kind of got a bit of a flashback to when Deku fought Todoroki at the sports festival with how crazy the animation was going right here how they're just like squash and stretch running at the camera or like my favorite part is where like Bakugo gets thrown into the ground and then he runs to the ground melts <laughs> the dirt in front of him to, like, rise up and go straight to nine. I know! That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then they end it all with one final smash. Even Deku calls it final smash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hashtag Deku for smash. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, the, this is a great finish, and nine is defeated by these two bros right here. Finally. And all, and all punctuated by a gorgeous soundtrack, too. Oh, yeah. This, just this very quiet, like... 
like almost operatic song right yeah, here. Yeah, very quiet, moody. Like it's more, moody it's more like they just, uh, it's more like they just took the uh, like their main singer for the series who like spin, who sings like uh, vocal versions of like you say run or whatever yeah. and then like they just like slowed it down by like half time <laughs> and it's like there you got like a nice put, put a nice orchestral track there you go that. done <laughs> and then you've got your finale like soundtrack it reminds you a bit of like with the music and how fast everything was going it's, it's like the uh the episode of futurama where fry drinks 100 cups of coffee and mm-hmm. like it has the ending where he's going super fast and everything's just so calm and soothing around him no, but the music really does take its time and uh, really allows the uh, animation to speak for itself in the finale. Like, it, it truly is grand. And it's also the reason why I prefer to see this film in a huge theater. Big, because it's loud theater. It's uh-huh. big, it's loud, it's intricate, it's incredible. Like, it doesn't it doesn't do... A small TV screen in a living room does not do it justice. <laughs> no, not even on a 4K TV can do it sure. justice. No. Need a big screen. And you also need a whole theater of nerds going, Yeah! Yeah, you do. You, that 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 does help. Yeah, it's just going drunk, ballistic on like <laughs> like overpriced Alamo drinks. Just despite <laughs> the fact that it's twelve, it's noon on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Deku says goodbye to one for all. Nah, you're not losing one for all, oh, me, buddy. I was like, oh come on. It's just like, uh, 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 uh. Kind of annoying how they're just like, whoops, we're not doing that anymore. Nah. Well, because we still need to like make it seem... Because like we got we got to finish the show, man. Yeah, can it, we, it, the film still needs to believably tie into the series. Yeah. Uh, status quo, baby. Yeah, if it, I mean, if it ended like that, I mean, it would have been like, okay, cool. But also, it, it, it's, it's also kind of like, oh, you know they got five more seasons or whatever so it's like oh yeah it's gonna something's gonna happen yeah the, these shonen films they, they don't do what ifs they, they don't do what no if they just no. nah like as much as i would love a one piece movie that looks at uh what if luffy joined the marines mm-hmm. i have to realistically know it's never gonna happen nah or like, maybe when it's over but who knows or it's a bit like uh one piece stampede where the entire goal of the movie is to find like uh a log post to uh, the final island, Laftail, Raftal, and then you gotta you gotta realize that oh, at the end you can't actually do that. You gotta gotta take that away from y- you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I still like that movie, but in the end, I'm just all like, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, we all know how this goes. Uh, but they explain that as the uh, transfer didn't complete, as Bakugo lost consciousness before it could actually do so. Though <laughs> All Might, who arrived on the scene, theorizes that the quirk actually did it on its own. You know the. Uh, the original forebears of One for All were all like, no, we want to stay with this kid. He's cooler. <laughs> yeah. So they, they stopped the transfer in the nick of time. And he's all like, oh, thank you, my master. Thank you for this. It's like now now, now the predecessors like, have preferences. this fucking wiener kid isn't going to get it. Thank God. <laughs> oh, and there's also the plot point. Oh, and there's also the small point, too, that Bakugo doesn't remember yep. either. Mm-hmm. What is the point of that? You know... When me and my friend saw this, uh, she actually came up with uh, a theory, kind of an even better idea, that uh, Bakugo's pride wouldn't allow him to accept one for all, so he forced his body to reject the quirk after the fight, and then his pride also forced himself to forget about everything, because he doesn't want to... He doesn't want anything to do with this. He doesn't want to be reminded about the time him and Deku teamed up. Okay, I kind of like that. If it's like a pride angle... I like like, that better. 
you know, Vegeta saying pride, like, he can't allow himself to do this. His spirit and pride, like, forces the quirk out of his body. Like, I don't want your fucking quirk, idiot. I, still I don't, don't like want the... your damn quirk, nerd. I still don't like the memory loss angle, but, like, that is actually kind of yeah. good. Well, she also came up with the idea that he actually didn't lose his memory. He's just saying that so he doesn't have to acknowledge it anymore. Because yeah. Deku's sure. too nice. He won't say, like, hey, Kachan, remember this? He, like, he's not going to talk about it. So, like, he's just lying at He's the just end. lying. Like, he remembers everything, but he's... He's just saying, like, he doesn't remember anything, so Deku won't talk to him about it. So he can he can actually forget about everything. Or he brings him to the side and he's like, this never happened. <laughs> I could do that. This was a one-time thing, nerd. But still, it's like, he cannot accept help from Deku, so just he just forces himself to forget. This is the ultimate Bakugo being Bakugo move right here. <laughs> it really is. It's a, this is a power move right here. <laughs> oh, and uh, before the end of the film, we get one appearance from uh, Shigaraki here as he... You know, he goes up to nine and then uses his quirk to disintegrate him. Doesn't mm-hmm. need him anymore. Fuck off, nine. Yeah, yep. you're useless. Get out of here. There was... You were useful for about two hours when we needed you <laughs> yeah. in this movie. But nope, we're done. <laughs> that doctor and their employee must have been like, What the fuck? You killed him? What the fuck, Tomer Shigaraki? He could have been useful. He was useful. Hey. <laughs> He's not. I don't need him. Now, if you excuse me, me and the League are going to go fight this giant guy in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Although, one detail that threw me off continuity-wise was, like, um, like a glove or something. He was wearing, like, his hand or something. Like, that looked very remarkably similar to one he wears uh, later after another arc in the series. Yeah. And that kind of threw me off. Also, the fact that he's only wearing uh, one gl- one of those uh, hands on his face. Yeah. Too. You only get... That kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, so it, I was thinking it took place before that, but I'm kind of not starting to think this takes place kind of after that or hmm. midway through that. But that also doesn't make any sense because they wouldn't be living in that dingy little space. Yeah, they wouldn't be because they'd be in the other place. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a little like... Also, like they, why is he wearing that glove? I don't get it. Also, like, they wouldn't be alone. There'd be more. Yeah, his hand would be damaged. Yeah, or like there'd be other people. Yeah, like... You know, that's 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 kind of weird. Yeah. We're being vague on purpose here, people. Season five. <laughs> yep. No, I'm willing to. I'm willing to accept that it like takes place before, like yeah, big... before because you can even tell that because of the you know not only the check but also the costumes that are like the exact same outfits as they had at the start of that arc. Right, right. And also even with uh, Deku like looking at his gear, like this is clearly after the uh, the school festival because he still has all that stuff. Mm, true. So yeah, Shigaraki disintegrates nine. Doesn't need him anymore. He's gonna go fuck off to the mountains. And 1A completes their time on the island, and they say goodbye to Maharo and Katsuma. And Deku does the really sweet thing. You know, he tells Katsuma, I hope to see you at UA one day. Mm-hmm. You too can become a hero. You know, it's your turn. <laughs> but after me, though, I got I still got stuff. I gotta have my time. I, I, gotta, I gotta finish up my... Shit's gonna screen. get real fucked here. They kind of need me. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, you may want to not come to the mainland for a while. For, for a little while. <laughs> you know, off. once things calm down a bit... Well, it so ends, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Curtain down. Well, that's... Ooh, this is this is a humdinger of a movie. <laughs> a real is, Bobby Dazzler. Uh, I, I like this a lot. Like as far as shonen films go, like this this is actually like an incredibly fun ride that I think is a, a more defining of My Hero Academia as an entire series than the first film or even the third film ever turned out to be. Uh, incorporates all the main characters. Really like gets to the 
you know, center of like uh, like the the relationships that really make this entire series work, and uh, really knows how to use that all effectively with a, a very scary, effective villain. Like it all feels appropriately grand and spectacular, and makes for a fine uh, film viewing experience. Although it does kind of make me wish that these films kind of stopped uh, right here, though, because <laughs> I. I, I, I after watching the third film, I now don't have much faith that, like, any film later on could compare to this one. Because, like, as Horikoshi said that, like, he would have preferred to have, like, just two films made. Yeah. That was the original plan, but as as these things go, there eventually had to be a third film. Yeah. Money Machine rolls out. Probably against his wishes. Yeah, you know. Maybe. I can't say anything for sure. All I know is, is what was said before, and based on what's happened now... There were maybe some disagreements. Yeah, like, when you compare the films, like, this movie is just so big and grandiose. This is, like, on par with, say, like, a Dragon Ball Super Broly, whereas, like, going over to the third film, it's, like, maybe on par with, like, yeah, mid-tier, Tria Might kind of Dragon Ball Z movie. Mm-hmm. No, but they, they, they really did care to, like, make this into, like, big, into, like, a big and appropriate event. And yeah, this feels like an event. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I even love that, like, they even used, like, a scrapped idea for the ending of the series. You don't see many other series do that. No, no, you never really see that. No, not really. So, I, I can highly recommend, uh, My Hero Academia, uh, Heroes Rising. I mean, obviously, it's a Shonen Jump movie. It's kind of fillery in that regard, you know? Like, eh, obviously, as if you're, if you're not, like, a fan of My Hero Academia or not really into it, then obviously don't watch it it's like not really worth your time in that regard I would, but like it's one, good for like if you're a fan and just want a little piece of like two hours of oh turn off your mind we're gonna we're gonna go crazy here you know out of out of the three though i will say this is the most accessible one fair yeah yeah because i mean they do kind of like recap a lot of shit yeah and it's My not God. like the recap in the first movie where they kind of take up the first 10 minutes of the film yeah that was yeah, bad that that was not great <laughs> Like, here they actually kind of work it in pretty well, and they kind of sprinkle it in throughout the film. But, I mean, if you can get past it being, like, kind of a shonen jumpy, eh, not, not, I don't want to say meaning too, like, not necessarily meaning too much in the grand scheme of everything in the show or series, it's fine ride, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, as far as, like, anime films go, this is probably, like, some of the, uh, like, in terms of anime films based on a pre-existing long-running series... This is, like, definitely up there as, like, some of the best. Like, up there with, like, the upper echelon of, like, One Piece films. Up there with some of the best DBZ films. Even up there with, like, uh, say, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, or, like, some of the Pretty Cure films I've seen. Like, it's really, it's really, really good. Like, it's clear that all the animation work around that time went into this as opposed to Season mm -hmm. 3. Even though Season 3 still looks pretty good, but it didn't look this good or compared to Season 1 right. and Season 2. But no, it's fantastic, and it is a bit more accessible than the other films. You know, they kind of don't drag out the recaps anymore, so the parents who got dragged to this can still at least enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, at least maybe pay attention a little. They can at least look at some pretty fight scenes here, too. Mm -hmm. And by the way, God, this movie is so fucking pretty. It's, it, it's it does a, look great. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic It's a lot movie. of eye candy, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I would say out of all the villains in these movies, Nine is probably the best one. Like, even though... Well, yeah. Are you kidding me? Even though he doesn't get a whole lot, you know, he's kind of, like, the one-off movie villain. But still, they do give him just enough to, like, at least see, make you see him as a threat. 
Yeah, he, he's effective as a as a threat for the heroes to face in, the, in these films. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they get him over really well, like, especially with, like, some of the earlier fights. There's, like, one thing when it comes to, like, anime movies, you know, the villain always has to have a team, and they always have to have, like, the certain matchups here and there, and I, I'm kind of glad that they didn't really devolve into that, you know, like, everyone gets involved in some of these matchups. They kind of do, like, different kind of team-ups here and there to make them a bit more unique. Yeah, they knew how to economically use all their characters. Yeah, and only, like, four villains, so it's, like, it's not too much here. There's no, there's there's not, like, one villain for, like, all 20-something numbers of 1A here, right? Yeah, because otherwise we'd be staring in the face of a 40-hour movie. Oh, don't worry, because I think that's what the the manga later on will devolve into. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I've seen I, I've seen uh, a, a lot of unique uh, NPCs that have been introduced so far, nice. and I look yep. at them all and I think, oh, they're all gonna fight these heroes. You're a fight for Bakugo. You're a fight for Kirishima. You're a fight for Sue. Oh yeah, there's a to- That's yeah, there's one a, way to there's, the there's a toad looking NPC I've seen in my hero in my hero by this point that like I look at him and I'm like, he's gonna fight Sue. Like, <laughs> <Sweet>. come on. <laughs> This is all obvious. I mean, it'll be cool, but it's like, yeah, okay, I know what you're doing here. It's like, yeah, I see all this coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but now this is still a great film, and uh, one that I am glad to say was the last film I saw before the world got set on fire. Yeah. Sure. It was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, I'll always have, you always have that kind Especially of worth it hanging out with a friend on a Saturday morning at noon to go see this. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I remember when I saw this, I had the whole rest of the day to just think about this movie since I didn't have work. <laughs> so nice. So I just like, yeah... Good thing about this movie, and also going to vague tweet about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, Heroes Rising, it's a really great film, and also, like, if you're kind of starved for My Hero content in between seasons, then yeah, this is definitely a good one Go to watch. Go for it. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth a rewatch, I think. Yeah, definitely. Or, like, when the third movie comes out, have, have yourself a bit of a marathon. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Thank you all for watching. Uh, Tony, since you are a special watching. guest. <laughs> watching. Listening. listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tony, since you are a special guest, uh, want to sign off first? Uh, hi. Um, Twitter.com slash Tone Dog, I guess. That's exciting. (laughs) Uh, That's really it. (laughs) I don't have much to say. Uh, You can find me at my social medias at MikeyShield on Twitter, MikeyShield.tumblr.com, and MikeyShield on the gram. Where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at 2Bits on Twitter and WolfishGrin on Tumblr. Follow the show on Twitter at Anime underscore Baybay. That's Anime underscore B-A-Y-B-A-Y. Also, AnimeBaybay.podbean.com. And Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And on the next episode... What is it? Well, we're going to be hearing it up even more, though we're kind of going a little back. Back before My Hero's time. Oh. Going to, uh, going to a time where heroes were also reality TV stars, in a way. <laughs> for some hero competition. Uh, we're talking about... Tiger and Bunny, season one. Oh, the anime nice. of my college career. Nice. And fitting since we are now in the year of the tiger, and the show came out during the year of the uh, year of the rabbit. So that. Uh, uh, yeah, tiger yeah, yeah. Those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is the year Tiger and Bunny is making its triumphant return. So uh, yeah, I gotta go with to... it. I cannot wait to finally review Tiger and Bunny. Oh, and it'll be great to revisit it once again. And kind of see a show that makes you think, man. What cool. if? Yeah, what if? What really? if this had the My Hero push when it first came out? Like, what could it have been? It's, it's kind of looking at like you ever hear about how, you know, wrestlers superstar Billy Graham was seen as like Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan. Right. And people yeah. say like he came out too early and he never achieved that success. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit like that right here. 
But yeah, it'll be a fun one to do, so look forward to Tiger Bunny Season 1 soon. Oh, I cannot wait. I know you can. <laughs> Until then, stay safe out there, get vaxxed, get boosted, wear a mask, wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, stop Asian hate, and this has oh. been Anime, Anime Baby! Catch on to the Bakugos. We're gonna go get cleaned up and hit the sack. Night watch is all yours. What? Why me? Because you sat around the office all day. <laughs> <laughs>